Welcome every other member with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansoor, and I'm joined as always by my currently enjoying the hell out of summer coast, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is every album member of the podcast. We listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time, but in reality, just the artists that we like, really. Uh, it's a new discography for the most part every episode, uh, but we do have a big announcement regarding that coming pretty soon. Yes. But today, we will be discussing every album in a way by Swans. Swans! Swans! Also, <laughs> also let's not undersell ourselves here. This is basically three years. It is three years. This is, our, this is basically our three our three year anniversary episode. Yes, uh, in some way or another, we don't put them in the title, but we we're celebrating, and we have a lot to discuss. First off, first off, this is our second official two parter episode. Our first was the Melvins, which we did episode one hundred. Course of <laughs> six months, it feels like longer. <laughs> it, it, so we did all Melvin's albums. We still never covered the, the EPs because we were slow and we haven't found a way to do it. But I think we're we're actually going to figure out a way to do it pretty soon. <clears throat> but we did all the albums over the course of three episodes. Swans. We will also do every album over the course of three episodes, except. Uh, it seems like it's like it's cheating because I think they have like 15 albums total or something like mm-hmm. that. They're if anybody doesn't know Swans, they're not little albums. They're no. they're quite big albums. And especially in, in like the, the more recent years, each album is like two hours long. So yes. we're not doing that to ourselves. We're splitting them up. It's a big important band. It's one of my favorite bands of all time. What is one of my most influential bands of all time? I know you're a fan. I don't know how how deep you go, but I imagine we'll get into it. Yes. <clears throat> So I'm excited. I, so I'll just excited. say real quick. Yeah, you you win. But uh, yes, I love me some swans. They are one of the most important bands who have ever existed in my brain, at least. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest. Michael Jira is one of the fucking most incredible artists. And uh, uh, they changed my life at a very young age with the albums we're going to be discussing today are the ones that I grew up with, mm-hmm. which explains a lot about why I'm fucked up. But before we get into all of that big Big ol' big ol' announcement. Okay. We've been at this like like you mentioned, three years. <clears throat> and I don't know, man. A, a discography per week for three years is a long time and a lot of <laughs> it's fucking 150 weeks in a row, dude. I'm exhausted. We have not missed a week somehow. I don't know how. I don't know how. Uh I Easy single album discographies helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Those helped a lot. Yeah. But <clears throat> we cheated sometimes. Sometimes, but we still did fucking big, big boys. All right. We did a lot of big, long episodes. I mean, we're at a hundred. We've listened to 150 discographies. Oh, my God. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem smart. Like, yeah. And the, the thing I'm most surprised about, we're not ending the podcast, by the way. I know it sounds like we're, we're leading to the, uh, the most surprising thing about that for me is how much i retained how much of all of 150 bands i still remember pretty clearly like all the albums i don't remember all of it but mm-hmm. way more than i thought i would and it's obviously because of the, the note taking and the discussing like it makes you remember even the stuff you don't want to remember so much it's absurd how much it shaped my life where like i've like made record purchases based on what we've we've listened to because now i feel like i have this different understanding of music and uh, in a cheesy way like the history of music like there's more pieces to the puzzle i didn't have before so i get a little 
little the, little cheesy there. There's a, there's also like so much more to our, our musical vocabulary now. Like a uh, really really close friend of mine, she asked me today actually. Mm -hmm. She's been like throwing like like little challenges, but like uh, send me a song that this and this and this. Yeah, and it's like usually these really uh, specific criteria. And today she said. Uh, send me a song that you thought was going to be really, really bad, but ended up being good. Yeah. And because of this fucking podcast, I sent her a Mercury Rev song. There and she's like, this is perfect. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, I, there's so many things like that where I just work like, oh yeah, that's, I'm nev definitely never forgetting that. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, I feel richer because of it. Yes. Having said that, we are in the podcast. It's nice knowing you all. See ya. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, we can't do a fucking discography per week anymore. It's too much. And we're not going to stop doing it entirely. We're going to do it twice a month. Okay. Twice a month instead of four times a month, but on the off days <clears throat> or off weeks, not even off weeks. They're That's still something on weeks. different now. It's just now on every other week, we'll be discussing a brand new album that came out this year from whoever the fuck we want. And we're not just picking the things that we want to hear. I mean, we are, but we're also uh, listening to the Patreons. The goddamn Patreon describers, uh, describers. I almost said prescribers, subscribers. Patreon.com slash every album ever. Uh, if you join the join the Patreon and you join the Discord, there is a whole channel dedicated to just throw whatever albums you want us to cover on those days that came out this year. And it'll just it'll just be whatever year we're in. Uh, it'll, help, it'll help us build up toward our year end, <clears throat> year end episodes. It helps us stay a little bit more current and not quite uh, in the dinosaur ages with some of these bands like Swans. And, oh, they're still around, so it doesn't count. But, yeah, I think it'll be a nice way to mix it up. It's way easier on us. We can, we'll can we be able to bank episodes so we, we have more time to listen to the full discographies when we do do those. And then, in addition to the brand new albums from 2022, we'll also be doing little themed episodes every now and then. <clears throat> Stuff that we've learned from our vast... <laughs> hours and time spent listening to all these albums and <clears throat> bands that we have so yeah best albums that we've we've covered worst ones we've covered most interesting things that themed you know we'll fucking figure it out as a, we're not doing it now we'll do we'll figure it out mm -hmm. as it goes along but stuff that's a little bit easier for us so we can continue living our lives in peace and without forcing every moment to be listening to fucking music i mean it's good but jesus christ also yeah i feel like I've like physically like have dragged my body through hell to record sometimes. And yeah, I don't know. I'm sick in the head. Once you hit record, like nothing else matters in the lead up. Oh yeah. Oh it's yeah. Just this, this episode. And then it stops and then I go back to the grind or being depressed yep. or yep. yeah, it so. is, it is hit and record where everything stops mattering. It's crazy. It's yeah. a crazy feeling. So thank you guys. Of course. Absolutely. Thank you all for, for, for doing, being kind, doing what you do. And for the people just jumping in and out, uh, hey, see ya. Hi, come back. <laughs> maybe you don't we'll have jump to in more now. It's okay. We'll have a uh, shorter episode. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, or they'll just come back for the same the same reason they come now, which is like, oh, I like this band. I'll see what they have to say. It's usually this. I mean, it's hard to avoid avoid that pitfall. <laughs> but I don't care as long as it still keeps us able to do this really really exhausting show for the foreseeable future. But having said all of that, 
If you want to support us, you know what to do. Subscribe and like and comment. Talk shit in the comments if you want to do that. Uh, Tell a friend. You don't have to do that either. Really, you can do whatever the hell you want. I don't really care anymore. Like I said, I'm just trying to coast. I'm trying to get by. I want to get bigger and better. Tell your fucking friends. Okay. Do it for Alex. I'll be around. Uh, we have a, There's a full Spotify playlist on this era of Swans. Uh, there's a link in the description. We have playlists associated with pretty much every episode. You can find all those at everyalbumember.com. Uh, and yeah, Patreon, man. Try Patreon, man. Just uh, Patreon.com slash everyalbumember. You get bonus episodes. You get early access to the Loose Ends episodes. You get 20% off all our merch. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls. I just showed Alex the, the final results of the latest Ooh, poll. Man. <clears throat> Not the band I was rooting for, but Uh, it's going to be fun. It's the band that I was rooting for, but also not this time that much rooting for. I still one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm I'm okay with that. It's a win-win for Mike. It is a win-win for me. Uh, So you can can vote on polls there. You can... What you can do is you can join the goddamn Discord, be a part of a little community talking shit, and uh, really geeking out over music is really the main thing that we do. And then also you can suggest uh, albums you want to cover for our short 2022 episodes and we pick them at random or whatever you know we're most interested in at that particular moment <clears throat> and last not least tier two if you're bigger than jesus then you can actually request a big old giant full-fledged fat episode Watch. i'm still getting emails <laughs> people are just requesting i'm not gonna do them we're, we're not gonna do them what if they're just listening to old episodes and they don't know about <laughs> we've been plugging this for like a year now <laughs> They're only listening to the old ones then. Because <laughs> I've been saying this for a long time. We we are not doing standard requests anymore. We can't. There's a, it's a, especially now. Now that we're only doing twice a month, it's impossible. Scarce. Impossible. We we need to be paid. That's the only way we can do it. Uh, we can't do that if you if you go there and it's fun and it's cool and all that. Okay, okay. I'm there exhausted we and we haven't started the fucking band. So, yes. This so Swans was. It's not only one of my favorite bands of all time. It's not only a band that you love a lot. It is a band that was uh, the most requested episode in our entire history of the show. I didn't. I didn't know that. <laughs> it was. I didn't even bother writing down names because everyone fucking requested it. Yeah, our fans are feasting right now because to me it was a long time ago, but really it wasn't even that long. You guys get Jesus Lizard and Swans, and in reality, Jesus Lizard could have. Just as easily been, uh, like celebratory. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, at least for me, where I'm, I have these strong attachments to these bands, and this was the same time period as when I found Jesus Lizard. Maybe a little. I think it's before actually, but I discovered Swans at the worst time. Tell me, because I remember getting into Neurosis, which. Oh, we got. We'll, mm, we'll talk no, about it later. Yeah, no, no, this is gonna be a long episode. <laughs> but um, they are associated though, which is no, like, yeah, yeah, because because Jarbo especially. I was gonna say they did an album with Jarbo. I was like, who, who is this? And then that led me to Swans. I just what a two unsettling <laughs> bands to oh, yeah. get into at similar times. Oh yeah, <laughs> I so. They, for fans of Swans, you understand. For fans of Swans who don't know what they started out as, you're in for some shit. This is uh, music for mentally unstable people recorded by mentally unstable people. I agree and disagree because (laughs) this band helped me a lot. And also, well, no, there's that, but but it also, in in, in a very very specific sort of 
person. Yeah, it's a very fucked up way this band <laughs> helped me a lot because, and then for people who don't know Swans, they have probably the most impressive uh, musical journey in, in all of rock music. Just what we're doing today is crazy. Yeah. Start to start to finish for this episode is, it is crazy. This would be a respectable and wild discography if it was just this era. Yes. Every era is so insanely different from the one before. It's mm. they're they're basically three not just different bands but completely different genres and, and like it's 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 really crazy. But this specific era is the most brutal music that's ever been made, I think in rock music. It's some of the most like I I would say like socially unacceptable yeah. things to listen to. And it's and there's plenty of socially unacceptable music that we like or that, that people know about. Like we've talked about necrophagists and emperor. <laughs> That's true. But metal metal is, is still super. It's like a scene. This is not a, a exactly. scene. So. People here in Necrophages will be like, oh, that's that fucking death metal shit. Turn it off. But they know what it is. Sure. Early Swans <laughs> is just murderous butcher music. Just a homeless man screaming in a like If that homeless man had you in his dungeon with hooks everywhere, it's it's the most murder music that's ever been, ever been made that I've ever heard. There's nothing more. This is the only music I can kind of classify as scary. Because I, I don't, I mean, I like horror themes. And there's um, there's a lot of music that you can kind of, coincide with horror and it makes mm -hmm. sense with it this is the only thing that kind of stands alone it doesn't even need to be in a movie it's like already scary by itself i think because i was getting into them and neurosis at the same time i saw some similarities obviously swans is very different but more atonal I, yeah i found the vocal performances in both bands horrifying like so they they are they have their own uh their own brands, their yes. own flavors of, of, of awful. And I do mean awful in, in a good way. Also, I, suppose. I never realized, I never like put two and two together how much Michael Gira, Gira, Gira in this, uh, this time, uh, they're kind of black metal-y vocals. Uh, they're not shrieked. They're not screamed. They're, well, they're, they're more just like, yell. They're more like Tom Warrior and, and Celtic Frost. Yeah. He's more of a yeller. Yeah. Uh, and, a few moments he does do some weird crazy screams but it's not it's not that often i correct myself not black metal but specifically tom warrior tom warrior has yes. is a very, yeah yes. he's kind of uh, a, a voice unto himself yes but uh this music it's like you can't show this to most people and then have them agree that it's music and i can't even make an argument that's like okay it's just this genre it's not it's not this genre it's just this band <laughs> and even which is there's like there's like a quote from Jerbo later on where she she didn't even realize that Swans was a band. She oh been, yeah, yeah, she was a fan and 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 kind of joined them and was like friends with with Jira and she's like I thought this was like an art project. <laughs> like that, that's how fucked up they are. It's again because I have this sister. I could see how she maybe thought they were similar to like a crass, which kind of was an art project in some ways but and, and check out that episode by the way but crass was, it, is still you don't you're not going to mistake them for not a band those were songs those, those were punk, hooks yeah, yeah and like yeah they had this whole culture around them and they were i'm sure smelled like shit but it was very much a <clears throat> music where this because michael Gira, even though he like by all accounts he's like a really nice guy he's a tyrant when it come when it comes to his music mm -hmm. <clears throat> 
he straight up like gets rid of members for playing too musical. <laughs> like, like you too many notes. Oh, you yeah. gotta go. You're playing too well. You need to fucking stop. Yeah, we'll get into that with a guitar player. The guitar player, yeah. the first drummer, like <laughs> get replaced him because he was too good. Like or yeah, I read ugh, fucking I you should probably look at the quote thing, but the um one of the guitar players was talking about how when they added drums to it, it sounded too much like Black Sabbath. So oh, it was yeah. like, yep, let's let's cut the drums. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I respect the holy hell out of Jira's like weird vision because the, I, it's not mo it, it wouldn't leave the ground, I think, in many cases because of how rough and abrasive and, and not user friendly it is. But this one happened to leave the ground and then it happened to grow and evolve and expand into something beautiful. It is, it is interesting thinking about like, like a band like suicide, which yeah. again, is Check already, that episode. Yeah. Like, look at us um, again. I have covered everybody. I have the language to talk yeah. about this again. Weird experimental music happening in New York city. Yeah. How like that? Uh, it wasn't really for me, but there's just something about this that speaks to the angriest parts of my soul. This isn't just anger. Like this will like no this no, will, no no this this will fill you with like all the 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 you know cathartic angry like you know deepest darkest depths of anger. But there's something so much more traumatic in a truly horrific about these songs and the lyric lyrical matter i think she was upbringing and obviously what inspired it i didn't realize how fucked up his upbringing was but yeah. i think like the lyrical content once you bring in like sexual violence it's it for me personally it, that's a whole new level of gnarly like yeah. uh like uh Cannibal Corpse, that yeah. feels like a Saturday morning cartoon to me. Uh, it might Violence, as well be at yeah. this point. And, it's and not, this is like very real and, and disturbing. This is an Ari Aster movie. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's not, it's actually worse than that. This is this is what's this era Swans is, is a musical version of a snuff film. Yeah, I was going to compare it to a Serbian film, but the, I that movie's garbage this the thing is, is that that was all shock value wasn't it that was yeah this is like this is pretty sincere <laughs> i was gonna say no you can make a case and even though you said it's hard to defend his music but like you can make a case for it you can because there's nothing there is not an ounce of inauthenticity in this and even if you, you it makes you miserable hearing it that is a huge part of what he wanted to do he want like not make you bored but like make you feel bad also, and it fucking works it makes you feel bad also i think the point of art whether it's a movie or a band is to make you feel things and i don't think those emotions always have to be happy or absolutely not i don't you strive could, to make happy music yeah you could there's a whole palette of emotions to play with so yeah and especially with with a guy like me who's really into good horror where it's the kind that fucks up your day. This is exactly what I crave in a lot of music that just doesn't deliver. That's why, of course, I love Linguinota, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I've mentioned her a million times, but it's the same thing where it's like, it really pulls something out of you mm -hmm. that you probably didn't want to bring up at any point, but it just did it anyway. I, I also think because the, the subject matter is so dark, it's like, you need the skills to do it. Otherwise, 
it could come across as laughable or just yeah. outright bad. A lot of time, and I don't think Swans is, is exempt from that. I think they do some stuff. It's like, all right, yeah. just fucking chill. Yeah. But the parts that hit are so perfect, and I've heard nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Nothing to this fucking day. This they started in '82. To this day, nothing that actually channels that true barbarism. I can't imagine hearing this band in the '80s. Like, holy shit! Especially early '80s. Like, there was nothing like this. I mean, nothing. Sludge didn't exist yet, and they were doing sludge. Mm-hmm. But not just sludge. The most brutal, heavy, like atonal, gut-wrenching sludge that even today there aren't that many bands that do. Yeah, it's just. It's just an incredible thing. Uh, we should cover uh, Thor's Hammer one day. Really? Thor's Hammer? Why? Explain to me. Because uh, it's short <clears throat> or and and Burning Witch. They're short. I think they're like one albums. Uh-huh. And it's this like really like slow, uh-huh. grindy sludge. All right. All right. All right. All right. I don't know why your description like I haven't thought about those two bands in a while. Just. Oh, shit. All yeah. right. Well, maybe it's a sign. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we have plenty to cover it. And of course, we got our history boy, Tom Osmond, who he's a huge Swans fan. It's one of the things that we bonded over when we first when we first started talking. And uh, he had a field day with this. He compiled a bunch of stuff for us. He leaves some pretty funny uh, little opinions in there. And I think uh, him and I disagree quite a bit mm-hmm. on the band, even though we both love the band, mm-hmm. which is like, which is, again, the fact that you can both love a band and have such wildly differing and opposing opinions on it. Little nuances. <clears throat> it's crazy. Uh, so follow him uh, on all social media at Tom Osmond Sounds, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and also check out his Substack, tomosmond.substack.com, where he writes about music and all the things and all the ramblings and all the cool stuff. Um, in addition to his debut album, So Much for All on Day's work. Uh, and he's very good at that too, as well. And he does a lot of work for us, and he's very good and very cool and very rad. But <clears throat> uh, he compiled a lot of stuff from the book by Nick Soulsby from 2018 called Swan Sacrifice and Trans- and Transcendence, the oral history. Uh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to read. I think I'm going to buy that book too. Yeah. Like just, just reading the snippets from that he pulled for us. It's like, Oh, this is for me. Mm-hmm. Hello. Uh, there's a, there's a nice story from Henry Rollins. And I remember from the album that like, that's a great album that he pulled the quote from. And I, I want to talk about that when we get to it. We got some quotes from our boy, Mark Prendel, who we talked about in the past. He's a former record reviewer who inspired me to inspired my writing and inspired me to like, you know, he gave me all kinds of uh, great bands that I would have never found. Otherwise great, uh, great writer and stuff. So there's some quotes from him. And there's also like various reviews um, from the time period, like news clippings from like magazines and whatnot. Uh, but goddamn, I, I, it's, it's so, I guess backstory, I uh, mean, this is, this is going to be like the, the longest first chunk of episode probably I've ever done, but <clears throat> I had no idea how gnarly Michael's upbringing was. So, so, well, first off, he's the guy and through this era, like you get a lot of, he swans the way Trent Reznor is nine inch nails. Yeah. For the most part, he, he is like the guy, uh, and he's had a tons of people, tons of revolving door musicians, but the one that sticks or the ones that stick are Norman Westberg on, on guitar and Jarbo on vocals and keyboards and whatnot. Mm-hmm. She comes a little bit later, um, but Norman comes well, on and on the, the second record. We'll let you guys know. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we get all kinds of in and out people. We get uh, fucking uh, Jonathan Kane for mm-hmm. a while <clears throat> on drums, who's a great drummer. Uh, Dan Braun for a little bit. You get Jonathan Tesler uh, for a little bit, but... 
It's fun stories. Um, and Roy, Roly Moseman, Moseman, Roly Moseman, and Harry Crosby. Those are like the main ones from that were they were around a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, there's going to be a lot of people in and out. We'll talk about them as they come up. If they come up, it's it's very, <laughs> it's complicated. It's so much so much shit. But back to what you were saying, Michael Jira's insane upbringing. <laughs> yes, and so he comes from a wealthy family. Yes. And- who lived in in California. His dad was an army ranger and I guess somewhat of a businessman, according to Tom's notes. Yeah. I found it interesting that, uh, Gira, 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 Gira. I'm going to fight. I'm going to keep fucking up. Uh, he said he doesn't remember a lot of his childhood due due to blacking out, which I don't really blame him no no who how could you um and then this is yeah this is where it starts getting who uh so his parents end up getting a divorce which, how old was he at the time? uh like 10 or 11 i don't think there's an age been, there but it might have been seven or eight but yeah, so his mom tried to stab his dad. She slipped into alcoholism. Yeah, the dad left like completely. After. So they went from like the lap of luxury to being poor. Yeah, so he was seven or eight. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the I mean Jesus Christ. Like so, the quote is from Daniel uh, Daniel Giro, which is which is Michael's younger younger brother. He says when when the divorce happened, there was some nasty shit that went down. Like my mom tried to stab my dad one night, and we were all watching as she goes for him with this butcher's knife. We were very well to do, but that vanished all in a, in a ball of flames. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, so the dad leaves. They're stuck with the mom, who is a full-blown alcoholic, and now they're dirt poor. Mm-hmm. And then, at the age of 12, Michael's life gets a little more interesting. Oh, boy, do I relate to this. Yeah, he got uh, heavy into drugs at Were 12. Were you doing drugs at, at 12? 12? Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Oh, yeah. No wonder, you guys. I, I, I quite relate to Michael Giro. <laughs> that is a tender age. Oh, to, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a pretty dark history, too. <laughs> but... You wonder why I'm fucked up? All right. Sorry. I, li- I listen to swans at this age, too. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, he, so also they had another brother, an older brother named Rob, who left um, pretty quickly after things started getting bad, and that made everything way worse. Michael uh, developed a stutter because of all the trauma. Uh, and then 12, yeah, he started doing the drugs. Inhaling, gasoline, spot renewal. <laughs> Spot remover, glue, as well as taking LSD, barbiturates, and amphetamine. What's secanol? Uh, I don't know, but he fucking injected it with a veterinary syringe and still has an abscess barbiturate on his left bicep from doing that. Fucking from injecting some random shit, he's now still that's with a syringe made for animals. That's right. It was for a veterinary search. Yeah. Oh my god, Jesus Christ, dude! That's and you're like, well, it can't. It can't get worse than that. Can oh, it? can't get worse, huh? Well, it does. It, it does in many ways. Because he gets arrested at 13 for position of drugs, and apparently the police wouldn't. This is from Tom. This is Thomas. Who he says the police wouldn't release him into, into his mom's custody. Wonder why. Mm-hmm. The choice was either go to juvenile hall till he was 18 or be taken into custody of another relative. So his dad came back and took him in. And you think that would be better. And in fact, it was not better. Yeah, it's it's weird how he says, like, 
Because at first, him and his dad end up in South Bend, Indiana, and he said that kind of saved him. Yeah. But, like... It saved him in... in it saved the, him for, like, a year. It So... If you're, you say you're on this this proverbial train track, and then you're going down this this path that's going to lead to certain death, and someone hits the fucking switch and it veers you into a different kind of certain death. It's all it was. Yes, because Indiana doesn't last long. His dad got a job in Europe, and then during a trip to Paris, he ran off with some hippies, as one would do. And then uh, started doing acid again. Yeah, and I, for, I always forget how old he is because he didn't start someone until he was like his late twenties, early thirties. Mm-hmm. So he during this whole period when he was like thirteen, uh, he ran off with the hippies in Belgium, and it's where he finally he first saw Pink Floyd, Soft Machine, yes, and it was around sixty eight or sixty nine, which is like nice. I mean, that's right around. I was I was like, holy shit, he really is old. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and then I'm amazed he's still alive. I am so grateful he's still alive. I'm so grateful I get to see them at least once. Uh, and they're still fucking making amazing. Me- oh, I love them. I love them. Uh, so that doesn't end there. Of course, it doesn't end there. Uh, Tom says Michael ended up getting arrested again. His father tracked him down through Interpol and gave Michael an ultimatum of working in a tool factory in Germany or a private school in Switzerland. Michael chose the factory. <laughs> he was 14 at the time. His dad then decided this is a bad idea and sent him to school. Michael then ran away again, ended up with some more hippies, hitchhiked through Europe, th- hitchhiked through Europe to Israel. Further run-ins with, with the law ensued and some nasty experiences in jail at one point ending up in a prison for adults. And things get worse. They do get worse because <laughs> you know what happens in jail. Not just jail. Weird, shitty European jails. Rape happens yes. in jail. He didn't get raped. No, because, as he said, he was an exotic American boy with blonde hair. Yeah. But he had the the hippies were also. He had some boys. He had some friends. But that doesn't protect you from the horrifying noises. This is this is the quote. Jira says, I was a young, pretty, blonde haired American boy stuck among these criminals. And it was pretty scary. I was harassed constantly. I saw and worse heard one of the younger prisoners orally raped by multiple prisoners nightly. Each night he'd throw up in the sink as the older prisoners laughed. Fortunately, the hippies I knew from the kibbutz had also been arrested, so they protected me to a certain extent. I was scared shitless every second I was in there. I mean, uh, so somehow he ends up back with his mom in Torrance. Dude, people should be fucking on their hands and he's grateful that the swans was as tame as they were. after. Go through all that, and somehow his high school time is less turbulent. Yeah, usually high school is when people. Well, when you when you start when you lived a whole ass life when you've lived yeah an eternity within four years, fourteen years. Yeah, I mean less. Honestly, Uh, Uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. So. But that's when he starts getting into music. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know any of these bands. No, no, they didn't really do anything. He yeah. started a few, um, like small, small bands called one of his Little Cripples, um, uh, Strict IDS, and then he started his second band, Circus Mort, with um, with uh, no, was it no Circus Mort? Yeah. So in Circus Mort, that's where he met, or that's where he started working with Jonathan Kane on drums and Dan Brown on bass, and. Obviously, I mean, they're very short-lived. There's no recordings. I mean, came and went. But that kind of paved the way for for Swans. Uh, 
so I think uh, if I remember remembering correctly, well, if you have a point, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was, I just thought we were moving on. I know he gets accepted into uh, art college. It's, oh, it's right. Yes. Oh, shit. I'm forgetting. There's a lot. I mean, there's a no, lot. There's of, a lot. There's a lot in here, but um, the, not much happens there. I mean, we have this fast track to him moving to New York. That's basically when it yeah. all happens, because. He, because in while being in all these bands, he's he's very much like ah, you know what? I need to be completely in control. This is the only way it's going to work, and uh, and that that mentality I've noticed like I miss it because these days there's like so many fucking bands and there's so many artists and there's just if you want to be the mastermind guy, have some money to pay people because <laughs> you're not going to find these like homeless dedicated musicians the way they were in the 80s with these small scenes it's just such a different musical world from this, from then as it is now yeah this is like i think part of him only knows uh well at this point in his life uh only knows how to function in chaos it seems so because then you then we we start getting to the bunker era where he Which lives in the bunker quote unquote the bunker is just was not meant to be lived in. No, for good reason. I mean, Jesus Christ. The there, there's no shower. There's no kitchen. There's no. a toilet. And it's 800 square feet. Yeah, so this is the story about the bunker. I mean, we're jumping all kinds of shit, but I mean, we got to find a path to the band. Oh, we're, go we're going. I think I think we're going. Uh, it, so it was it was a living slash recording space. Uh, and it's it was a, a bit rough. Jira says... Bleh. I was breaking up with my girlfriend and needed a place to live. I walked out the door, turned left on 6th Street, and there was a door open with some guy clearing out a storefront space. I said, hey, is a space for rent? He said, 100 bucks a month. You couldn't live there legally. There was a toilet, but no shower, kitchen, no, no kitchen, nothing. Just a concrete box, 800 square feet total. I made a deal with the landlord and let him know I'd like to live there, but I wouldn't bother him. He said he didn't want to know that I could live there, but I could never complain. <laughs> And boy, were there reasons to complain, Ooh, boy. as we will see later on. <clears throat> uh, there's also so Tom says this. Uh, I never heard this. I'm fascinated if it's true. He says, by the way, it's mentioned in this book that Michael Giro dated Madonna. It never gets talked about later, but maybe that's who Giro is talking about in the quote above. Oh, if he dated that. Madonna, weird, dude, weird. I don't know. Her palette of men is very. Yeah, but they all had homes, right? All the, I mean, she was pretty loaded at this time. <laughs> he, lived in a, all, he lived in a bunker. <laughs> I think Madonna has just fucked every type of dude imaginable. I do agree. I yeah. do 100% agree. It is. I think what, what uh, jars my brain the most is the the world. This flashy, glamorous pop with heroin needles well, that's and all. feces. Pop music. A lot of times is fake. It's a it's an image you you put on. Yeah, of course. Where like swans is like you you live it. Yeah. Oh you, boy, they live you it. Couldn't you couldn't fake this type of? It, not the way they did it because they 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 were in New York at this at this point in the early eighties, and they snuggled right into the no wave scene. And I've talked about No Wave in the past uh, and a lot of bands that were considered No Wave. <clears throat> uh, Lydia Lunch, she she offers a lot of you know insight here because she was around at the time period. She had her band Teenage Jesus and the Jerks. And 
no way, no wave, even though it's super crazy. And I think it's super cool. The, you, you all kind of, you always kind of know it's no wave. You, it mm-hmm. has a, a, a feel and, and like you, it's a genre, like it's a subgenre. You could recognize no wave as a thing. And Swans did that for a second, but I think that changed very quickly for one, but also uh, he, or at least Jira credits that scene to being, to being like super open. Like they didn't, they were open to basically anything crazy. Sure. So there was a there was a home for a band like Swans, mm-hmm. which I think anywhere else that would not have been the case. And then yeah, they talk about how like well there was really only like two or three venues they could play at, but they were there. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. at least that. I don't think I mean, he fucking starts the same band in the Midwest or maybe even L.A. I, I can't think, I can't imagine it, any kind of comparison. Like, what the fuck was it in LA that was close to the insanity of No Wave? Yeah, yeah, I guess. At that time period. I guess the closest thing, and I mean, this even, I think this predates whatever Steve Albini was doing too, right? Like It does by a little bit. Not little by that bit. much, but even Steve Albini was like, it was different, but it was, at least you can kind of sh- shoehorn it into punk territory. Mm-hmm. Big Black was punkish, even though it was... Yeah, more razor and there was a drum machine, um, but it's it, yeah, it's again nothing is like this. So I'm gonna keep talking endlessly about that apparently instead of moving on. Uh, how did they start? I was just it was just Jira and, and Kane, right? Jonathan Kane. Yeah, in that bunker and that like uh, I mean that pretty much brings us to the first EP know, to the EP. We did it. We We're, fucking made it. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! How long have we been talking? We've been, we've been doing basically a whole episode before we got to the first record, which I knew would happen. It's okay, I knew would happen. Uh, but out of the, this entire area, it's it's 1982 to 1986. This is all the albums that we're going to be covering, um, including a couple, a few EPs. Four EPs and five albums, I believe. Uh, I think. I I would say f- four albums, one compilation. There we four go. EPs. Better, better. Four EPs, four albums, one compilation. Way better. Okay. There we go. Jesus Christ. It's a long discography, but whatever. First EP, 1982. Uh, last album and EP, 1986. Okay. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready. Oh, finally. I Here we go. shit queued up. Let's do this. Let's do it. This is 1982's self-titled. I've never listened to this before. That's that's how it is on the phone. Yes, report. that's on my phone. That is um only the streaming version is like that. For oh some really? Reason. Yeah. The same with something I will talk about later. You see so you haven't heard this. No, no. And it's interesting and I kind of we've covered other bands where like their first release isn't like what they're known for. Yeah. I, this thing gets interesting when a band decides to pivot so quick. Like this is we are, not this is not us. This is not even close to what they'll ever sound like ever again. This is no way. This yes. is exactly no way. Like two with two. I think it's good. It is good. It's yeah. very good. But this sounds like almost every other no way band except a little bit darker. Yes. So you got the you know spirit of beef heart going on and very free, fast uh cookie jerky drums. Some free jazz, funk saxophones, funky bass. Yep. The saxophone is really like the key element of No Wave. Yes. Like the wild. And this actually sounds like the 80s. Yeah. Where the rest won't. Is ti- timeless, I guess. I suppose so. <laughs> 
I don't know what else. I really do like this EP and this song so a lot. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I first heard it, I couldn't believe it was Swans. Yeah. So that is the most misleading first record, I think, one, at least in the top 10 of records we ever covered, the most mm. misleading, because that's just no wave. Also similar to like... Um, we also covered the birthday party yep. and their first record is very, very misleading. Oh yeah. That yeah. was a door door. Yeah. That's like pop almost. Yeah. And, so. Uh, yeah. So this is, I mean, I think every song is great. I think it's a, an awesome EP, even if it's, you know, its own thing, it's basically a different band. It's, it's really short and easy. Um, that first song made me think of, like I said, like beef heart free jazz stuff. Yeah. But speak felt a little more, a little more kraut rock. The drums for sure, and the bass are more, more driving. Well, maybe the other instruments are doing some, some noodling. The, uh, that song really reminds me of early Sonic Youth, which is not surprising. Same time period, same area. They were associated. We're gonna get some quotes from Thurston Moore at some point. That's I had no idea they basic peers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea they were friends. So yeah, and early Sonic Youth, I think, is the the best Sonic Youth. That's my favorite favorite era of them. I think it's the most interesting, at least. But I mean, that they're I don't think the other stuff is they're a good band, whatever. But that early stuff is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. And here, so, so taking away all that, this is actually a pretty condensed and solid, consistent EP because you get. It's it just by so quick. Super, super short. So the first two tracks fast, a little bit slower. And then the last two tracks fast, slower. It's just, it just alternates. It, it never feels, it just, uh, I don't know. It scratches all the right. It's just it's super short. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like maybe it, no wave isn't your thing, but there's nothing wrong with this. I think, um, sensitive is interesting. Oh, skin. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, because that's the only one that you could say is sinister and creepy. It is. It is very dark. It's very creepy. I think it's that's, awesome. That's the only song, and not even really, where you're like, oh, there's something There's something else there's some, going on. Yeah, because those guitars are straight out of a horror movie. They're, yeah. they're really, really fucking cool. But even hearing that, you would never even imagine where they would go no, next. You, there's no. no way you could have possibly. Uh, but there's a lot of really fucking great hooky moments I think, especially on Speak, mm-hmm. where, I mean, that chorus, I mean, it's all very no-wavy. Again, it's all no-wavy, but it's still cool. I fucking, I think it's very, very fun. Um, and then, like, Take Advantage is, is it, I don't know, I feel, it's, I mean, all no-wave felt very English, mm-hmm. but. You could, this, you could hear some of that, too, yeah. Yeah, you could hear it there, too. And, it, and it's it's a tonal, but it's still groovy. Uh, all the songs are pretty similar, but it, it feels it feels good. It's it's a nice little EP. It is. Um, um, it's the only record we'll have. Uh, was it Daniel Galliduani? Galliduani? I, I can't read that name. It looks Italian. Uh, I would say that's close enough. Uh, he said, this is a quote from Daniel. He says, what I remember was the bass line. Then the guitar player who had never played with Mike or Jonathan before and was instructed by Mike, who told him exactly what he wanted. It was pretty loose. Mike had an idea where it was going and he let it flow without interruption. We went home and Mike worked with the engineer. It was beautiful how he made everything work together. Well, look at that. And he there would we never, go. never be heard from again. Never again. Uh, so. Nice CP. Check it out. Yeah. It's, if you're a fan at all of this band, it's it's just it, 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 it's so easy to miss. Like 
I didn't know this thing existed until As, years after I was a fan. It is kind of buried on the deluxe version of of filth for yeah. people who wanna if you check want, it out. Yeah, all this stuff, uh, the early stuff. Three of the things we're covering is going to be on the filth deluxe edition streaming, which has problems. It has problems. There are things in there that are confusing that make things longer than they should be. Can't tell where one thing ends and another begins. It's a real, real Cronenberg. It is a Cronenberg of an album. I will, I will tell you where things end though, because that's it, what I think we're it's here for. Yes, uh, but this is great EP. Check it out. It's on there. Anyway, moving on. Here we are. The first actual album. This is the introduction of normal uh, number one West Westberg. Uh, here we go, everybody. This is 1983's Filth. So filthy. Yeah, they, they, this band didn't have riffs. They had rhythmic pounding. I mean, did a little hit on the next album. They literally played garbage. Trash. They have a lot of wild percussion on this record on the next yeah. on the next few, really. And these are the vocals that we're going to get for a while. And yet, that's very Tom Moore. Well, right. If you're a fan of. I think it's that. better, but I do, I do no, see the yeah. It's not that much better, to be honest. And there's no <laughs> social setting where this is okay to put on, even if you both like swans. Even if you both like swans, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. Okay, so that goes on and doesn't really change much. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, I'm glad I was introduced to this the same time I was getting into like Sludge yeah. because they're they're different. They are different, especially this album. But Sludge gave me the patience for a song where I sought out that kind of brutality. Best. And I didn't think this was best growing up. This was really? this, this is a brand new revelation to me. Yeah. That I think this is the, the best album of this era. I I have I have very conflicting feelings that there's things that I love that I think should be mm -hmm. best, but there were like little things that like took it out for me. Like little things. It it was hard for me to pick a best, but this was in the running. This is a fucking amazing album that is one of the diff most difficult and you know brutal to listen to. I mean in the scheme of swans, I think it's easier to listen to. And this is why I think it's the best and why I, I, I kept I can't stop going back to it. And it's the reason drum, uh, drummer fucking Jonathan Kane left the band is because of the drums. <laughs> yeah. The drums on this. So what this album is essentially is the insane, heavy, sludgy brutality that they'll be going to be combined with the early no wave stuff mm -hmm. the drums are still holding on to the really rhythmic really like jazzy almost yeah uh, but behind that is the most pounding crazy bass and just clangy metal scraping sounds and obviously jira screaming so it has this really intricate rhythm section that's also really 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 devastatingly heavy it's crazy how now in the present time of recording it almost feels like bands like this are almost a dime a dozen but to like go back and this be like 
I I don't think anyone was really no one. I can't doing this sing, in the 80s. a single band at this point. It's just too early. It's too early and it's too fucking weird. And what makes there's only like a few discernible riffs on the entire. Uh, one of them is in Power Power for Power, which you can actually hear this really oh, sinister, dude. creepy guitar line. On top of that guitar line, the um, and I'm doing this in quotes. The off time drumming. Yeah. I'm, it feels off, but I'm sure it, it's done on purpose. Um, he's just so anxiety inducing. This yeah. being like a, a beat or a beat and a half behind the rest. Yeah. It, oh, man. There's some super unsettling moments. But so that's like one of the only, it might be the only riff I can make out because it's, everything is so clangy and bass. And the bass notes are, I guess he's playing notes, but you can't really tell. It's mostly like, chords mm -hmm. bass oh. chords and like really really detuned probably not a riff but i will say weakling is another track where they kind of use noise rhythmically that's what the album is really yeah but i think in weakling terms is, of yeah. like things that will get stuck oh yeah because nothing's going to get stuck in your head unless you're disturbed by it but uh, so many songs got stuck in my head and i kept crying <laughs> Like this time, like, oh, that song is so catchy. <laughs> Some, <laughs> I will say from an outsider or people who don't like this, a lot of them seem interchangeable. Sure. Of sure. course. But that's what I mean by like weakling. It's kind of like a step above though. Or so, I don't know what the fuck these sounds they're using. are. I mean, there's a little bit of uh, description here from, from Jonathan Tesler who, um, who came in with, uh, Percussion, quote unquote, and all the tape loops and keyboards. Tape loops are a big part of this time period. Like butthole servers use them a lot. Uh, go check out that episode. And then they use them a lot in Swans and a lot of these really crazy, creepy sounds that make these songs or because of it, stuff like that. But <clears throat> really, this this whole thing, it's just they find this weird hooky rhythm that happens to be really, really, really clangy. And, and they, it sounds like they're scraping metal together or, or they, smashing fucking steel beams against each other. They literally pound it into your head. <laughs> they really do. But it's so fucking the part. Uh, so the reason why I like this one more so than the others is because of the, of the I can't. My vocabulary is leaving me because it doesn't apply to this kind of music. Mm -hmm. Like it's not catchy, but it, it it's it registers as catchy. It's not like there's no hooks here. It's not fun, but they feel like, <laughs> like they could be somehow like, so I'm going to, without fucking shitting all over your ears any longer. What did it for me that, that made me really like, Oh shit. These are like still songs, even though mm -hmm. it's pure chaos and cacophony. Thank you. The song. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking rules. Because I'm not, I don't, I don't think it's a perfect album. I don't love uh, Right Wrong very much. I think Gang is a really, really weak closer. I, uh, I, I disagree. Really? With, like, because you have the term death metal fatigue. What? Oh, uh, uh, death metal syndrome. Syndrome where yeah. you get fatigued by listening to brutal music. Yeah. And I think that could be at, you know, applied here, but like. For some reason, I found Gang the most disturbing song on here. Really? And I, to me, I'm like, that this, like, speaks to, like, the songwriting that, like, at the end of this, I'm like, oh, That's man. That's how you feel on it. Yeah. God damn. Uh, 
but my original point was, so I don't, I don't love right wrong. I think it's one of the weaker songs here, but follow following that is thank you, which put put on a little bit. Of thank you. Okay. Because it is the most addicting drum drum beat I have heard in so long. Of course, that's the riff. The drum beat. Oh, it's coming. I already feel it. God damn, this rules. <laughs> it's just noise, but I fucking love it. It's kind of like listening to a train. Like, it is. Yeah, like the chugga, 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 chugga. And it's this. That's the riff. Yeah. That, that drum line is the riff. God damn, I just want to fucking smash someone's head in while listening to this. Oh my god, doesn't it make you want to kill someone? I'm not quite there. Oh, dude, I love it. Kill someone in a happy way, though. I was going to say, I use... This is probably, like... There's a level of fun if you like brutal music here. I don't know quite how to describe it, but there's a level of fun we won't be having pretty soon. Yes, so... They they become one of the most depressing bands, and I don't mean depressing as in sad songs. I mean depressing as in it's all, any bit of light that you feel from music is sucked out and replaced by murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a little bit of that. It's but it's not all that. This one still has some some, some rhythm. Yeah, some, yeah. Not quite tribal, but in in that in a tribal kind of way where it's channeling these really big pounding rhythms and it, it, it moves, the songs move. Uh, and I think it has a good flow to it. It's not a long album. It's like 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's very nice to see little package that the band never kind of went for again. Cause they would be, get, that would get, you know, way darker and way more brutal. I think this is, I fucking love this record. I don't know. I mean, it's great. B- big strong boss where these drums just, it's, it sounds just sort of hitting metal. It's so uh, fucking crazy. And yeah, that's, to me, the first sign of like industrial music. They were basically the first industrial band. I mean, it, Ministry was around before them, I think. I don't. Yeah, I don't know my history, but like, yeah, that's the genre Swans would start going into more as as we go on. So like, yeah. Big Boss is kind of like their first industrial song. Yeah, Big Strong Boss. I mean, goddamn, such cool rhythms and in bl- and fucking Blackout. The song, just the way he says Blackout. <laughs> like over and over again it's just it's sadistic I, I never thought i would use the term a more deranged birthday party to describe a band it is the so, birthday parties already deranged. they're so deranged and this this <laughs> fuck makes them look like chumps and i i mean what, i still love the band when the birthday party gets too normal for you swans is your next go-to drug <laughs> Really, it's in a very sick way. Yes. Uh, so during this time period, uh, Sue Sue Hannell was was on guitar. She's not on any, on this recording at all, but apparently she was like beloved and mm-hmm. praised by you know Thurston Moore here is, and Bob Burt were both praising. They they're saying that she was a legend because she was like a, uh, she, this is according to Thurston Moore. He says she was this young lesbian girl who played the most incredible loud playing guitar. It's such a great mystery how she vanished. <laughs> and, and after this, uh, I think they she left. Or they replaced her because she didn't like playing the same thing. She just mm. she was too much of a free spirit. Yeah, she she wouldn't re- like recreate what she did. And if you've heard Swans, they're quite repetitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like a I, we I could have probably could have mentioned out, out of the gate. Like they are the most repetitious band ever. Really, like their entire thing is built on one riff, building for like twenty minutes. <laughs> I mean, to this day, that's like their thing. Um, but 
they also had fucking multiple bases on stage. Big bottoms. Big, big bottoms. bottoms. Oh. <laughs> what a great song. I always think about that song when I hear multiple bass plays. It's a great, it's a great song. Fucking love Smile Tap. Uh, three bases. Why not? Uh, but so according to, to Jira, what the, the two the two bases, he says two bass players playing what we called the staircase chord, which I understood what he was saying immediately when he said that. Um, Some of us don't know what staircase chords or ostrich tuning. Well, no, he, still, he made it. He made up that term, but I, no, I, I visualize. No, it. I, I know. I know. Oh, ostrich yeah. tuning. Fucking. It is a cool tuning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, I had no idea what notes I was playing, but, but I've since found out that say you're playing an open E, uh, then you play the octave of the E on the next string. Then on the string after that, you depress the fret in between. So it just creates like, you know, literal staircase with your fingers, but it, it's, it's it's one of those dissonant chords. You could say, he says, I think it's called a flattened fifth. I don't know what it's called. All I know is it's, it's just the dissonant chord. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all. It, but the thing is the fact that he didn't even know what he was playing. And there's two bass players playing it shows that the notes weren't exactly the, the top of the priority list with this band at this point in time. I could also see why the guitar player, this kind of thing's like, Oh, we can, there's room for some experimentation. Yeah, Norman was just playing whatever. Yeah. And if you, and certain recordings, not the, not these early ones on the, in the studio so much because the guitar is very buried. But in some of the live stuff, you can hear the guitar clearly. He is playing nonsense. Like he's, <laughs> it's it's like uh, what's the word? It's repeated, and he's clearly it's like he's doing something intentional, but it it is still like intentional nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a, a nonsense that he wrote down basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, man, there's just so much fucking history. Um, I I mean. We can't go through it all. Maybe maybe the album art, because if you're a Swans fan or a Noise fan or a metal fan, perhaps you've seen this album art. It's a pretty and, iconic cover for that scene. Yeah. This is, um, it was done um, so, by Sa- Sonda Anderson and Papin, Papin, Papin. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm assuming it's a, it's a she, right? Sonda's a, a woman? That sounds like it. I imagine. I've never heard the name Sonda before. S-O-N-D-A. Uh but anyway, uh, they say Mike's, Mike Neal was, was a graphic designer, so I designed the cover of Filth for free. I handled the layout design, colors, and fonts. The only direction from Mike was to make the word swans more distressed. The teeth came from Alexa Hillman, uh, Rolly um, Mazeman's wife, uh, who was working at a dentist's office. So it's oh, there you yeah, go. pulled directly from a dentist's office. That's neat. Uh, so this is, this is the last album we'll get or yeah, with, with Jonathan Cain. Jonathan Cain is gone after this. For being too good. For being too good and playing too many cool things. He says, it wasn't really all that dramatic, my leaving. I had a lot of respect for Michael and I was reasonably pr- reasonably proud of the work we'd done together. But aside from my contributions to the rhythmic concept, Swans was Michael's band, his vision. I liked it, but not enough to commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is from, from Jira. He says... Jonathan and I did not see eye to eye on the use of drums. He's a very skilled drummer, but his vocabulary was way too big in my view, so he overplayed. No hard feelings, just different approaches. That was the reason for the parting. Uh, Raleigh said, well, can I just do drums? And so he did. That's when cop happened, when things got really simple. And we say simple very loosely because it is simple technically, but how it makes you feel is not simple. No. We are moving on. I am ready. Oh, boy. This is... 1984's Cop. This was the first Swans album I bought. Oh, it wasn't the first shit. one I heard. It wasn't the first one I heard, but it was the first one I bought. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Those 
those squeaky noises are quite the, yeah, the choice. This is just sludge. Full sludge in 1984. This is the most brutal, devoid, like you said, devoid of anything fun or hopeful <laughs> albums ever. Like, this album hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it makes the sludge parts on my war look like Amateur Hour. And that's amazing because it is the same year and that's such a revolutionary album for, for metal. Right. And then this, the same fucking year. Yeah. I didn't know that, so I'm glad you did. Yeah. And by the way, that's a riff. It's just a descending chromatic scale, but yeah. it's a riff. Yeah. You can make it out. People must think we're fucking nuts listening to this right now. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. If you guys have a problem with this, go and listen to the Melvins for a little bit. After you listen to the Melvins, then give Swans a try. Please, please. Specifically early, like, yeah. But. So, this is a big one. This uh, is this is crazy. You gotta be in a fucking a certain mood to. This is one of the most exhausting and and punishing albums I've ever heard. My uh, I heard my one of my tattoo artists use the term uh, "pile drives the soul" to dis- so. Oh is, yeah, uh, that is a good description of. Uh, oh yeah, every song beats you down in somewhere or another, and and as you heard. Again, if if this is all noise to you, it sounds identical to the first album. But to us psychopaths, that is such a such a different song than anything we've heard off filth. Mm-hmm. It is so low, slow, yes. pounding, heavy, and honestly, like this is all based on mood. Like you have to be in the right mood for this. Um, otherwise, this is one of the most painful and boring and difficult albums to listen to. Yes, like this is. There's no veering from that yeah this is not uh going to win uh anyone who no. doesn't like heavy music no. and even if they like heavy music this is even still then, a stretch even then because so one amazing example of how strange and weird and ugly this album is is job the song job dude that- i mean that's a riff even though it sounds like complete nonsense that on guitar that's a, that's the riff of the song i think that's like I mean, everything is brutal on here, but this like one of the most brutal songs on the album. I love it. I yeah. do love it, especially, especially Jira's vocals. They're so goddamn sadistic on that song. The backup vocals are so unsettling. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're very, it's him yelling, but it's also these backup vocals doing these, this chanting low. Cause he has a, he has a very cool, strong bass um, register. It's a very deep voice. So when he does these backup vocals, this is, oh, Body, body, body. It's like it's just it's just creepy. Also, we skipped over she's not there vocally, but now now we got some Jerbo. Yeah. Jerbo. She's officially joined the band on the keys. Yeah. She's not not doing a whole I think just she's not even on this record. Yeah, yeah. but she did join around this time. That's right, I just yeah. wanted to yeah, get it before we forgot oh about yeah, it. Oh yeah, for sure. Where so 
right there. Yeah, I, I saw you right, right there. There's a whole so there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in this this time period. Um, now that we got Raleigh on drums, he's playing super. I mean, he's also like an accomplished like jazz drummer too. Oh. He's just playing super slow and restraining yeah. himself. And that playing slow is a whole different animal, and it's easy to listen to. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's this real easy to be like this is simple but when you have more space to fuck up it's harder it is our heart hard in a different way it is it is equally hard it's a different kind of it's a different muscle Mm -hmm, instead of the muscle of of trying to keep time with fills and, and whatever the fuck it's this like all right all right all right it can it's always like a like trying to control that reflex of like coming in too soon. Mm-hmm. It's like letting it sit, letting it breathe. And it's just, a, it's a different muscle. It's a whole different, like it, it's not easy. Um, it's a different part of the brain entirely. But um, so at this time period, he's not on the album, but John hood was the percussionist around this time period. <clears throat> and this is interesting. He explained some of the equipment they used for percussion. Here it's we go. fucking I, I was trying to visualize. I couldn't fucking visualize. It's so strange. Before before you read it, it's so crazy because I remember like reading a quote from Tom Waits. I forget what album it was where like he did something very similar. And I almost wonder. If, I had a then bone machine, right? Yeah. 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 Where All like, the crazy instrument stuff. Yeah. Like I think they found like a wooden desk or something on the desk on the street and they just bought it in and like had the drummer like beat it with the stick or something late and this is very similar very similar making instruments out of trash essentially uh so john john hood's um no he didn't say this but um maybe he maybe he did say this uh i believe he did say this john hood says second drums consisted and I guess it's just percussion, but they call them second drums. Second drums consisted of an industrial metal table strapped with a chunk of air conditioning duct that was smacked with something Michael called the sword. He had taken one of the steel braces that held the table together and wrapped tons and tons of duct tape around one end. Then he got two kick drum sized floor toms, which I hit with the thickest fiberglass sticks I could get. I had to wear gloves while I played. There are no clocks in this world that capture the intensity of the timelessness we made full on full tilt full blast i tell you it would take an hour after rehearsal for our ears to readjust so we could even talk to each other again again psychotic psychotic and hearing that description certain not again not on this album but certain songs later on make sense where i'm thinking like how the fuck did they make that sound Mm -hmm. and it's not just tape because they did do tape loops of like you know them literally the sounds of metal being hit and they they would loop that but them literally doing it in real time, also hitting metal in real time. Uh, and the shows were also wild. This is a quote from Lydia Lunch. She says, I love Swans. They're one of the most devastating live experiences of my life. Swans were fully developed by the time I saw them in 84. They were an immaculate concept, brutal, unbearably loud, plotting oral torture of the most magnificent kind. Uh, that's quote, the best quote ever. It's about very swans. good. That's Absolutely. The best quote ever about Swans. Uh, and there's even, you know, there's a quote from fucking JG Thorwell from Fetus. Um, that's another interesting band, too. That guy has had a wild musical journey. Yeah, he has. Uh, he says, I first saw Swans live at the Pyramid, this lineup of uh, Rolly, Harry, Norman, Michael, and John. It was one of the most extreme outpourings that I'd ever seen, ever, of sweat, snot, and saliva, visceral desperation and anger, both visually because of the amount of energy and exertion Michael put into it, and musically as well. Uh, good Lord. So they, were, they weren't they were just 
on the record insane. They were they they were the real deal. Mm-hmm. Now now we're back. Jerbo. Now she's back. Okay. What happens? Uh well or how uh, she meets him or whatever. Uh I guess uh Tom says it's important to note that Jarbo's parents were both C- CIA agents. Oh, he, oh, that's right. He says that it'll become part of the story later. Later on. I don't know what that is, but I, that's also pretty uh, interesting. But yeah, she made a cassette, sent it. I'm going to say his name wrong. Jira. 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 And then uh, he was hanging out with Thurston Moore. And uh, oh shit, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. She, she sent him this letter, and this, it was like all gushy, right? It was like almost like creepy, and it was like picture of her and a dude, and Michael's like, I don't want to meet this dude. Like, what the fucking dude? This is weird. And Thurston's like, I think it's a lady, think, and he's I, like, oh, 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 hold on, dude, hold on, dude, hold. Oh, I think I might want to meet. Oh, him. maybe, maybe. Well, hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> Let's see this guy out. <laughs> uh, this is according to Tom. He says uh, she wrote to Jira to ask for a lyric sheet because there was an address on Filth. She was taken by the lyrics. She made a cassette of some audio she was working on and sent it to Jira. He was interested. They started talking. Um, and apparently she was connected to a radio station in Georgia and an art zine of a friend of hers. And uh, she suggested coming to NYC to interview Michael. And he's like, hey. uh, but the, the quote from Michael, he was like, there's a picture of two two people, a young man, a, a young woman. And he said, uh, this letter's freaking me out. This guy wants to meet me. And Thur- Thurston said, uh, I don't I don't think that's the guy. I think it's, I think it's the girl. <laughs> he's like, really? You think so? Because I mean, the name Jarboe could... It's, I've never, ever heard it anywhere else. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Uh, and sure enough, it was a lady indeed. Mm-hmm. And, and then things would have progressed further. Uh, so this, back to the album. Yes. We just talked a whole, whole bunch about other stuff. I think this is, even though this is, a, it is a good album uh, and people consider this the best, um, the production really fucking bothers me. And it bothers, Does me, it? it bothers me because of the main big thing. The drums, I think, sound like dog shit on this album. Interesting. They're tiny. They're almost like, if you isolate the kick drum, it sounds like a pop kick drum. Mm-hmm. Very small and like, like, um, very punchy and it sounds odd and the the symbols especially the hi-hat are so buried so you get uh you get a song like your property which i fucking love that song i think it's an awesome song let me tell you so up until this point i haven't really been paying attention to the lyrics because they've it's just this overwhelming thing it's very they're bleak and then your property comes on and that one, in addition to the title track, which yep. is kind of famous, infamous, whatever you yep. want to use to describe Swans. It's got a lot to it. Those two, those were the first two songs where, in terms of like history of the band going in chronological order, not in my life, but like, fuck, this is rough shit. It's rough. It's rough. And I, this, I, I love and, both songs. And yeah. Your property is like where you get some of the like bondage and sexual. He is. Oh my. And the, his fucking gutturals yells and screams. He's, like, he's going wild. And it's, oh, it's just so satisfying in a very dark and heavy kind of way. And then, so the title track, this song is very cool. It is 
very brutal. It's obviously brutal. And that's like, this is the word, the quote from Henry Rollins. It's taken from his, um, uh, 1992 spoken word album called human butt which i strongly recommend to everybody to check that out it's very fun and very funny great stories mm-hmm. um so what had happened um he he prefaces all this in in the in the on the album he got accused of rape by a girl that he was like briefly seeing um and i mean he, i i I don't think he did it. He, the whole point of the story was that he didn't do it because she dropped the charges and he's like, he lost all trust in, in women and, and cops after that because all after that, every cop just harassed him mm-hmm. just because of the, the allegation. So uh, he gets accused of this thing and now wherever he goes, he's just accosted by any cop that, that sees him. So he lived in a tool shed in the back of Greg Ginn's house by himself where he would uh, drink a ton of coffee and then write all night while listening to music. That was like his thing. And one day a fucking cop just burst, burst into the shed and holds him up at gunpoint for no reason. Just like, mm-hmm. in, and the whole, and the, I'm not going to read the whole quote cause it's like a, a giant story, but he holds him up and says freeze. And he's like, what the fuck? And he's listening to fucking cop. <laughs> and then not only was he listening to cop when this happened, it was listening. He was into the song cop from the album cop while writing about killing a cop on his typewriter. And then a cop bursts into his, his tool shed, holds him up at gunpoint. And he's like, this can't be happening. This is, this is, yeah. this is, this is no way this is really happening. Turns around. And he's like, Oh, he, Oh no, that's real. His cop, this cop is holding a gun in my face. And the cop says, do you live here? <laughs> and he, yes. And then he said, okay. And then he left. The fuck? Now, yeah. Meanwhile, you get Jira in the background screaming, nothing burns their skin like a cop. Nothing rapes them like a cop in a jail. <laughs> it is the most fitting and weird and crazy and kind of cool story uh, that I've heard. Also, also, I guess I don't. I yeah, I guess punks were more like closed minded in the 80s. But uh, yeah, I this those lyrics like, man, I. I can't think of a greater pitch for like punk music and metal fans like, hey, check out this fucking. Oh, you think you think fucking body counts gnarly? Oh, nothing. And even according to Jira, cop isn't necessarily about cops. It's more like about power. And that's why I mean, even if you if you just read all of these this era of so read all the lyrics, it's very open ended. They're think, very minimal. I think there is a quote from Henry Rollins in here about uh the the pop like that's right michael's uh fascination with power dynamics yeah. and who's the victim and who becomes stronger out of these things which makes a lot of sense yeah considering how how fucked up yeah having gone through what he went through and then now he i mean it's just a yeah, the quote from from Rollins, he says, um, he said he be, I became fascinated with with Michael Giro's lyrics and his idea of power, where a victim through passivity and assault becomes a stronger one. I, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with songs like that, I mean, they're fucking. I mean, it's brutal. Um, and there's a. I mean, there's I don't know. There's just too much here. There's just too much to yeah. talk about. We have to move on. Yeah. I, w- uh, I would say overall, like. I this is one of those ones like I can appreciate it. I get it. But I need to be in a very like specific 
mood to throw this on. It is punishing. And even as a kid, I'm like, I like this band, but I can't listen to the whole album in one sitting because it fucking destroys you. I mean, I could, I could, could now, but it, it's not that like it, it bums you out. It just, <laughs> it's, it's just so unbelievably I, dark in a very different way than most bands have gone dark. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, but anyways, we got a few more. We got a, we got a few more. So this. Oh, and by this is a, a little note from 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 our boy Tom. He says, "Cop is the best thing that Michael Jira has ever done that doesn't involve Jarbo." And then puts a photo of uh, a mic drop, which I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. In fact, I heavily, heavily disagree with that. I, I so disagree with that because there's like all my favorite albums don't have Jarbo on it. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not even gonna partake in that. I'm just gonna you know. Have my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, you're a thin ice, buddy. That's not true. You're doing a great job. Uh, but now we have a, an EP, a little EP. It's a, not a little, it's a long EP. It's pretty. And this is a semi-famous EP. I didn't know that. Well, I guess everything's the swans to me, and I don't really know what. Well, in every quote, this next EP is referred to as the Raping a Slave EP, which is, it's officially called Young God, but everyone calls it Raping a Slave. Which is interesting. It's one of the songs on there. It's not just a I, random title. I could see how that title kind of overshadows it, but it's it's confusing. I'll get into it more. But this anyway, this came out same year, nineteen eighty four. This is Young God. Somehow even bleaker and slower than Cop. Yes, uh, you. It's kind of misleading in some way. This song, I think you're right, is misleading. Because this song is brutal. I will say he changes it up and does a little bit of a spoken word thing instead of an incoherent, rambling, screaming person yeah, thing. Yeah. Which is the thing that he'll do for a long time. Yes. The spoken word stuff tends to, to work pretty well. It's creepy. It's, just, it's creepy. It's weird how this doing something on the surface is not really a big difference, but it it does give it more variety and like, okay, I thought I was getting more cop stuff. Exactly. So this is the, the most clearly musical they've been since the first EP. Mm-hmm. It's dark and brooding, but it you feel the musicality from it. It feels like a song. God damn, that's pounding. So it does that for like 30 minutes. Not literally, but most um, of them. Yeah, this is my personal favorite. Wars least favorite. Whoa. Holy shit. So Dude. this is it. I'm, I'm so confused, but excited. Holy shit. Okay. I, I feel like I'm kind of cheating in this episode because we do have a bit of an out. And I'm, I'm glad we have that out just by process of elimination. but we'll see i don't know what it was like the the like brutalness of cop and not that this isn't brutal but i love the way this ep flows really start to finish i like every song on here that's exactly why i didn't i don't i don't like it and i think the fact that it's a, a more musical like in my head it's probably like what I think cop should be. Ah, interesting. Cause 
like this, this I can get, I can like make stronger cases for this. And, and it's why I gave it personal and not best because I, I think there's something else, but well, this one, this is, uh, most famously was on Kirk Cobain's like favorite record list. This yeah. rec, this record specifically, uh, which is like this one, <laughs> like this one. I, 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 I guess you you get it too. Like, I I, get I'm, it. The, I'm the fucking weird one here <laughs> because I don't really like the song raping a slave so much. And here's the thing. The last minute I think is one of the greatest things they've ever done on that of, song, on that song, EP? on okay, that song, yeah. but it's the rest of it. And I, I end up just getting bored. Because really, it's it's his insane, deranged screams at the end, mm-hmm. where I, I wish I had a time. You know what? You could just put on the the final like thirty seconds, and you'll okay. hear exactly uh, what I'm talking lower, about. Yeah, lower that a little bit, yeah, so I can cue it up. Because this is this was like a recurring joke in my household, like this part of the song. Okay, I got it. Yeah. All right, here it is. Not these streams. It's, it's a, the streams that end the song. No, yeah. you'll get, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. This is the last thirty. I already love this stuff. But it's your, <laughs> huh? But it's your. But this. Oh. This is so good. This is so brutal. It is probably. <laughs> I fucking love it. It's probably one of the most disturbing songs we've covered in our three-year history. Oh, easily, easily. And even having said that, I don't love it. I don't love it. I just love parts of it. I don't. also don't care much for for the... You know what? It's a thing, like, Jira's vocals on this record might be my favorite, like, period. (laughs) I still like the record. I just just think it's weaker than the rest. Uh, And I do love This Is Mine, um, the closer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it really makes you feel like you're getting chased by a psychopath in an old like you know, I, metal factory or something. It's it's it really gives you a lot of paranoia. I love the title track. It's this. I don't know if there's actual words there, but I'm sure there's there somewhere like fucking screaming. Of, oh, man. I think <laughs> I think the last album cop was brutal. This is insanity. It is insanity, but it is still uh heavy it's still because it's still super slow i think it's even slower than everything on uh, cop it's like it just kept getting slower and slower and heavier and heavier uh <laughs> i mean there's just nowhere to go after this and I'm, that's why it's, it's good that they went the direction they did because it it's an interesting point like this was really the end of jira's like ideas he was like all right well i'm done i yeah. have to fucking do now yeah uh but th- yes actually this is what um Jarbo said right here. Um, I didn't realize the quote was right in front of me. She says, Swans could have ended in, in 1984. Michael said to me that he was considering going into the visual arts again and exhibiting in galleries. We had that discu- discussion in the autumn of 84, and he asked, if I did that, would you leave? And I told him, yes, I would. I don't want to be around a quitter. Oh, <gasps> I love her. I love her. That is the kind of lady you keep around. And good thing that she said that because were they ever romantically i believe so like uh, off, yeah. off and on or yeah. something like that uh but i mean this is like the last thing we'll get of swans the swans as, as mm-hmm. we know them the fucking crazy brutal heavy thing it's not the last thing we were discussing because we have another record a compilation coming up next uh with all of this early stuff but this is the last official record of we're gonna pound you in a submission with screams and industrial noise mm-hmm to a degree but alex's personal favorite 
my worst and least favorite simply because it's listen it is that's crazy to me but also you didn't take the coward's way out like like i did and i we're gonna fight we're gonna fight for sure because it's just these specific songs that Mm. don't do it for me because really you can't really i think they're great i think they're great I think as because it, it, for me it's fifty fifty. It's like I love two songs and I I'm bored with two songs, and all of give me all. If of you it. don't like a single Swans song <laughs> on a, a four song EP that's this long, I I can't I can't make a huge argument why I don't like it because I still do like it. It's just uh it's punishing. It's punishing in a way that I don't love quite as much as the others. Okay, moving on. There we go. Jesus Christ, We've made it on to the next. All right. Now, this is the compilation. This, this was released in 1991, but it's recorded as a bunch of recordings from 1982 to 1985. So basically the brutal era of Swan. This is it. This is a one giant package with everything on it. A lot of uh, live tracks, a lot of stuff that we've heard, but different versions, different titles, a lot of unreleased stuff. This is Body to Body, Job to Job. Oh, boy. So a lot of... Oh yeah! Again, did it again. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So only on streaming does it do, does it do the the filth deluxe edition fucks up the beginning of this uh, this track and then the opener to the EP. Mm. The original versions and the CDs and all that they don't do that. And now Mike controls everything because my phone's unreliable for I don't know what fucking reason. It has this weird technomancy going on with it that just refuses to play music. But only here, I guess. Only here. But yeah, this is a, a great song. Um, in some ways, I feel like a continuation of the things we heard on Pop oh, yeah. and Young God. Oh, yeah. This is one of the best songs, easily. Uh, I wish I knew more. <sighs> wish I knew more about when it was released or who was on it. I love the way the drums sound here too. They sound better than the, the records. They sound more like um drums that are like breathing. Yeah, it's like they the drums finally have a voice here. I almost wonder if recording with all that bullshit, it's like the thing, the levels. Maybe it could have just been mixed badly, but the priorities weren't set straight. I don't believe. so much history with this song and this record mostly the record but this song too also I I don't know how I skipped this uh, Mark Pringle 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 quote oh yeah I was talking about Neurosis earlier and the songs oh he was a, he's a big Neurosis fan too yes Oh shit. It does deviate in a way, but mostly it's just that. Yes. Oh, boy. And then I'm giving this worst, least favorite. I, personal favorite. You're out of your fucking <laughs> mind. This is almost best. This is one of the greatest compilations uh, I, I've I've owned or, or heard ever. Look, Mike, for someone who loves the flow of records. Exactly. How can you deny the first half of this fucking out? Dude, the first half. 
I guess the first it's half, I don't, I don't have a problem. There are some great things on here. The reason this didn't, this was so close to being best. The reason it's not best is because the final three songs are 20 minutes of Jesus Christ, let it end. 20, like if this There's, was a 40 minute compilation, best, easy. There's that. There's the live tracks and it just doesn't feel cohesive. The You're way. out of your fucking mind. This is one of the most cohesive compilations I've ever heard for, I, for this type of, you know, blending, uh, you know, rehearsals and live stuff. I, I don't think it's done, been done better specifically because of the kind of band swans is where you're not exactly looking for good production. So stuff like specifically the, like the loops, there's like, mm -hmm. there's a few different loop tracks, uh, where it would just register as nonsense or like filler for anywhere Normally, else. Yeah. It, they're like a minute long of this creepy sound that just separates these big tracks. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like, it's like pulled from like a live performance or something, but it feels organic. Uh, it has, this thing has some of their absolute best songs. It has versions of songs that were already released that I think are way better than the studio versions, like way better. So I don't know if I, I, I think oh. that's the other one. Like, I don't know if I heard any version on here where I thought it was. Oh, I got you, baby. I got okay. you. So the first seven or eight tracks is, I think, like some of the absolute, like almost like if you're even a little bit curious about this band, listen to the, the first, you know, eight tracks of this, this compilation. You'll mm -hmm. know immediately because it has everything. So obviously I'll cry for you, which you, which you were hearing right now is the sludgy kind of cop style stuff. Red Sheet is a live track taken from, it was a, a full live performance at, uh, where I forget it's on the filth deluxe. They have the full performance at the end of filth on the mm -hmm. deluxe deluxe edition. Um, but it's just taken from that performance. It is the no wavy herky jerky, really rhythmic, faster kind of crazy stuff, except the drums, even though it's a, a shitty live performance, the drums, like I said before, um, when I was talking, we were talking about filth, how the drums are the riff. Whatever their mm -hmm. drums are doing are the riff. They sound incredible on that track. They're giant and boomy, and it's it, it's super tribal and musical. It's fucking yeah. great. And it's also, it's also like a super short song, too. And then, here we go, baby. Your game is just a superior version of your property. It's just your property, but with one of the in, most insane, screamed, brutal intros with Gio mm -hmm. just screaming. And then... Uh, Remember, I was complaining on Cop about how flimsy the drums sound. Yeah. The drums on that track are giant, fat, echoey, really Albini-esque. They sound live. And the only uh, the only difference between that version and, and the original, aside from all of that, is there's no vocals. It's just these creepy I, like dialogue samples. I kind of get how, like... Because I was listening to it, knowing it's a compilation, and I like your game. I think it's great. But, like, I get why this version doesn't fit in with the record. Uh, it, de it definitely feels like a different song. It, yeah, it's, it's, the, it, the vibe's totally different. It's the same exact song, except the vibe is somehow different. Uh, but one thing I really hated about your property, the original, is... So I keep saying the drums, but it's specifically the hi-hats on that song. So I would ask you to, I, would, or I could just put it on, but it's just too far into the song because that, yeah. that intro is so crazy yeah, and long. You don't got timestamps, you're fucked. Exactly. But you know what? I'm going to find it anyway. Because <laughs> the thing I, I didn't like about the original was 
it, it just felt like a regular drum beat. Whereas, mm-hmm. again, I keep, the thing I keep saying over and over again about why I love these songs is the drums are the riff. Your game, this version of it, turns it into a riff because of how prominent those hi-hats are. And I will put it on as I will find it. I'm just going to kind of ease it in. Skim across. I do love this intro, though. <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous. Also, these lyrics that he's screaming right now, we're going to hear them again in a later album. Mm-hmm. Here. God damn, the drums never sounded better in any of this whole era than on this, some of these tracks here. That simple hi-hat, that little hi-hat, just opens it up, yeah. opens it up. Where it was buried on the original, just, just buried. It was this tiny little bitch hi-hat. Ah, oh, I'm making such a big deal over this tiny little thing, but it fucking, I, I feel it's it, It's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. It is. Um, um, go ahead. You keep bringing up horror music. Say it. Uh, seal it over. That's l- like slasher noise guitars i don't know what they're doing on it i don't think they know if they're guitars i don't they, know what they, they might not be but yeah that sounds like slasher music steel over was i think it's possibly their best song from this entire era it was like my favorite song growing up that song kind of changed my life a little bit in a very dark way uh truly horrific truly terrifying it's this Again, I don't know what these... It just sounds like scary metal. And I don't mean the genre. It sounds like a scary piece of sheet metal coming at you. Like high-pitched, like the like... Yeah. Like psycho... Except except it's not instruments doing it. It's just weird. I can't even explain it. It's just a fucking... It's true horror music in a nutshell. something you need to experience. It's (laughs) perfect. It is a perfect fucking song. I love it. I love that song so much. And then after that, you get Whore, which is a live version of Butcher. Whore. Whore. I, I, again, I like this version better than the original uh, be- because of the, the production. Even though these are these are live versions, they have was, more punch and more kick than the original. The first half of this album's live s- songs are, are good. Very good. It gets a little rough for me. There are rough moments. I will, uh, I will nah, admit that. We'll hang for that. I like Will Hang for that. I, I don't agree. I don't like um, Only I Can Hear, Only I Can Touch. I think that mm-hmm. one's pretty fucking, that one should have been cut. But I like Will Hang for that because it sounds like dick. It sounds like a, almost like a rehearsal demo tape. But because it's such a different song than horror and everything that came before it, it's this fast, really, I don't know. It's like, when I, like I said at the, at the very beginning, the bad quality in these songs isn't turning me off because it feels as claustrophobic and scary as the band is so i don't i don't care how much noise i'm listening to i want something uh i it's it's all vibe for me it's all the vibe that sounds good i don't know <laughs> it's like i i it's, i'm a total hypocrite because i was complaining about like the drum sound on cop but it's because I felt like those drums were taking away the heaviness of what the songs felt like they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas a song like "Well, Hank for that is just this. It's like, how long is it? It's like a minute and a half. It's like super short. Mm-hmm. And it's just weird little fast, creepy, scary thing. That sounds like it was recorded in the basement and it's, and it's over immediately. So it, it doesn't, it just feels like a part of the whole, I don't know. It feels like a cohesive thing to me. I will give you 
that uh, Half-Life and Cop are vastly inferior to the, the studio versions. I wrote that as well. And you know why? Why is that? If I had to guess personally, on these versions, guitar is cranked. Mm. Bass is buried. And I, those are bass songs. I, I was just so lost in the sauce here on some of the repeats. I was like, some of these, I can't tell you why I don't like them, <laughs> but they're this inferior. I have heard this album more than any other uh, early Swans album. It might be, I actually might have heard this more than any other Swans album. Like, this is my favorite growing up. For me, highlight in the back half or second disc, it's a double disc, right? Uh, I think, no, it's one disc. It's just really long. I'll just say in the back half then. Um, Mother, My Body Disgusts Me. Mother, My Body Disgusts Me is also a song that that's going to come back later on. Yeah. But this version uh, is pretty disturbing. It is possibly the ugliest song ever written. Move that song in the front half of the album. <laughs> it is fucked up. It is a fucked up song. Uh, with one of the most addicting, catchy drum beats ever. Mm-hmm. Again, like these, the drums are the riff, even so, though that song has a lot going on. Yeah, that's definitely one of the standouts here. I mean, if you're a Swans fan, it's it's like a must listen. But because of like some of the stuff that you can't get anywhere else, it definitely is a must listen. But it's just such a a perfect, well rounded rep- representation of this whole era. Um, I mean, not, maybe not the whole era, but you know, from eighty two to eighty five, where there were a uh, this really, really barbaric band. It has all of it in there. And, and uh, not all of it works. I mean, some of the quality stuff does get pretty, pretty bad and it's too long and it ends with like, so I was saying, yeah, get out's probably the worst sounding thing. On yeah. This entire- yeah. It actually, that one, like I, that one just sounds bad. I can't even chalk up to like this weird vibey thing. Like with some of the other tracks, it just sounds like sounds shit. Like shit. <laughs> uh, but I was saying with, with like cop and half life where the guitar is, way louder than the bass you can actually hear what norman's playing now and cop is a very different song if you're listening to the guitar over the bass because mm-hmm. the original when with this big heavy doomy sludgy bass thing where it's just this really you know grimy grimy kind of progression this the, the guitars are playing this really like haunting kind of creepy thing going it's it, it's just it's like a different thing it, it doesn't feel like a heavy angry song anymore it feels like this weird ugly strange uh, like unsettling song mm, it's a different song yeah. basically and I, and I don't like it as much so basically that's what i'm trying to say it's a different song it feels like a different song it's it's just worse yes i understand why it was put on this and not the album yeah plus it's it's live too but uh last thing is uh the close it closes with an, a live version of thug which is nine minutes and it is boy. Oh boy. Exhausting. Yes, it is exhausting. I mean, the original thug is pretty brutal and, and exhausting, but this version is worse. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. Having said that, this is my favorite Swans record. Maybe ever. <laughs> no, it's not true. That's not true, but I, it's, it's up there with my top five. Uh, just because of like the first half is just unmatched. You know what I'm learning with Swans there? It's so crazy. And, uh, fucking nuts there 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 are no right <laughs> there really aren't uh so we have a there's a quote from from mark prendel our boy which we haven't talked about in, in a while but he has like a, he, he reviewed the whole discography up until um the last thing he reviewed before he retired was um my father rope in the sky i forgot the, the full name because it's long. Oh, okay. 2010 the reunion album um <clears throat> but he reviewed everything before that he gave this one a 10 out of 10 he only gives um he only gave 110 per per band 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, after that, the highest you can get is a nine. Uh, he gave this one a 10 and the quote, I mean, it's pretty perfect because all of his reviews for this, for this band are pretty funny because it's just like, I'm, I'm sad. I'm depressed. I can't do this. I what's what's happening. Mm-hmm. But he says there was no light on this recording and it is a long double album recording. It goes back and forth between studio and live pieces recorded between 81 and 85 with each track more punishing and cruel than the last. This is the sound of ultimate despair. Nobody I've heard has recreated it this convincingly, not even neurosis. This is the one for God's sake. Don't buy this album. It is perfect swans. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously i disagree i i don't disagree yeah. i don't disagree just because of you get everything you get everything and then you get seal it over which is a fucking perfect song that's a good ass song but uh it's just things i've heard before bad bad life ah, fair enough i right, fair enough uh this and it's is fucking it's too long. It's too fucking For long. this era of sw- let me say this era of swans it's is too, too long. Like this is the one I would I would most want to recommend to people curious, but again, like it's just too long. Like just too fucking long. I think I'd probably and even though I have different picks, I'd probably just recommend Phil for So people. would I. Yeah. I mean it's just, I'm sticking to it, dude. The first eight tracks. Just listen to the first eight tracks of this one. It's perfect. First eight. That's fine. It's then. shorter too. It's short. You can handle it. You can, I'm sure you can handle it. Anyway, my personal favorite, Alex's worst, uh, least favorite. worst and least favorite. Uh, but we got a couple more. Two and more. We have a, a, a di- we're a whole new band now. In a way, we still got Norman there. We got Jerbo there, and we got Michael there. But it's a very different thing. So now I forgot to. Ah, damn it! I don't know how to do this. It's hard being in control. Of I forgot that I had. I forgot. Yeah. Anyway, we're ready. We're ready. Okay, this is 19. Well, we're also gonna be talking about the Time is Money Bastard EP, which is um, which is, I think it came out first, right? Did it come out first? I I think it did. Yeah, Time Time is Money Bastard came out uh, in January of 1986. Yeah. Uh, but it's also tacked on at the end of this next album, uh, so we'll talk about them both. And both of these came out in 1986. This is Greed. Well, nothing before this could prepare you for this. Nothing. This is a little different. I quite love this song. I've had it. I've loved this for one of the greatest swan songs. Yeah. No. No. Well, it wouldn't be their last. No, I know that. Uh, This sounds funny. I know. Yeah. Yeah, This is showing off that bass, that bass, that bass range. Call this demonic cowboy music. Yeah. Especially with that that piano. more co- more corny guitar and the piano, yeah, it's just fucking per- perfect. This is like one of my favorite songs ever as a kid. That's that's not right. <laughs> Even though as an adult, I'm saying it's a perfect song. <laughs> if some twelve year old kid told me this is their favorite song ever, I'd be like, I hope kids in therapy. Oh, I wasn't. I needed it. I love this song. So this is a. His voice just is satisfying to me on this. Just how deep it is. Also, I, I didn't get into early era swans. I got like middle, late, and yeah. um, yeah. I don't fucking. I don't give a shit. This is my best. You know what? I respect it, and uh, I Thank think you. Tom would agree with you. 
Yeah. Like, not, maybe not the cut. Well, I think he would agree with you for this era. I think this is might be I, his, his best. I can see a strong case for filth being made, but in my heart, so hearts, I just, I love this one the most. And I don't love it as much as I love a lot of stuff, but I think, still think it's a great album. Yeah. To me, it's this, the most diverse out of the era. era. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did it. Interesting. So I, I want to, and this is a point that Tom wanted to make. He's like, listen, separate them. I know the EPs are on there, but talk about them individually. Yeah. I, hey, buddy, don't, way ahead of you, dude, way ahead of you. Yeah. Because I think coupling them is a huge disservice to the albums, especially I, in the next one. I agree. Huge disservice. So let's talk about greed as it is. Um, or maybe, maybe um, time is money because it came out first. So the final two tracks on streaming are Time is Money Bastard and then Sealed in Skin. That was that was part of the EP that came out in January of 86. Now, that is a huge departure. Time is Money because full they're full industrial. It's full industrial. Yes. It is I'll, I'll give you guys a fucking little taste actually because I can't explain how <laughs> how much I wasn't expecting a song like this. <laughs> This stuff is like <laughs> good. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's a machine gun, essentially. There we go. And this song does fucking roll. Yes. So more happens vocals oh the vocals are pretty badass too the way they come in where they're yeah uh, but but yeah two totally different animals oh completely yeah so so that it's a good fucking ep it's a it it shows their their progression into like this really brutal industrial gothiness even though when you say things like that people think of the cure and it's not that also uh, it's not quite that also for the sake of clarity the ep starts on money or no, it starts on time. Time is money, yeah. Okay. So it's just two tracks. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, but they're long I songs. Just, yeah, yeah. So it's just those two. I mean, yeah. and there's not much to say because I mean, it is. It's a very heavy industrial type of thing. And then uh, sealed in skin is more uh, scary pianos. Mm-hmm. I think that song would have fitted in pretty well on on, on on greed if they decided to put it there. But um, I mean, I do think they should be talked about separately. But I do also. Th- I feel like we're just going to review this in reverse that like money is flesh is a good segue. It is. Money is flesh is the, the closer for greed. Yes. And, boo, boo. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love that Dude, song. That song is like uh, if if Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer had a cousin, a very, and, very and that cousin was strung out on heroin. If that cousin looked like the guy from the first season of True Detective. Uh, <laughs> Dude. I fucking love that song so much. I don't know why I thought about Slick Chamber doing that song, but that's where my brain went. And, and I get it. Has that because uh, the way it's produced, the drums are super like slick. Eighties, yeah, very big in eighties. But it's also interesting hearing that kind of production with songs that aren't even remotely close to sounding <laughs> like that. Because some of these songs are truly fucked up. And the reason why I couldn't give this any any best, and I don't think it's their best, in my opinion, is, is because simply of the two songs. Anything for you and nobody coming back to back at the beginning of the album. I think those are the two weakest songs in the album, and they're they're right I, right up front. I just so fool is this something totally 
Totally different. Totally different. Anything for you, we're kind of back to business as usual. Atonal pounding. Yeah. But I thought nobody, they did enough to make it different, like well, a, a good change of pace. It's, well, this is the first time we get Jarboe in a song. Yes. She's finally on music now. She's We can finally hear her. And I I mean, her her contributions to this album, I think, are really fucking really good because mm-hmm. they're it's almost like they're trying to not let her in the band. I know. It's like you usually some some bands like, oh, we have a lady in the band and they they need to show her off. And not then, these uh, guys, not these guys. They're like, you can do one backup line and that's it. Yes. And then she does it and it sounds fucking creepy and awesome. Um, speaking of creepy and awesome, stupid child, weird song, dude. Yes. I was like, this is like creepy in ways you can't do with, with brutal guitar. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, for one, the rhythm is really odd. It's like, um, it's, it seems off intention, intentionally off. It's a very strange rhythm, but the pounding drums and these really creepy spacey vocals and then the spidery death pianos, <sighs> like it's a crawly, weird, freaky, freaky. You know what? There's no way to describe it accurately without without just playing it. It's a fucking weird song. This this is stupid child. You just you don't get stuff like this on the brutal stuff. This is right out of a horror soundtrack. Like a climax of a horror soundtrack. So that's like the main hook, so to speak. <laughs> uh, it's a fucking crazy song. I think it's pretty pretty cool. I, I didn't I didn't like it on first listen. I mean, I've heard all these albums. This is this was a part of Cop and Young God when I first bought it. It was like mm-hmm. a double disc. Yeah. So I heard all these two, um, Greed and, and Holy Money. Um, but the problem with that CD was, for some reason, these two albums they just mixed up all the songs oh no no like cop and young god were cop and then young god yeah yeah and this one they just fucking threw them i was like oh that Mm -hmm. i didn't realize that until years later i was like oh that sucks you don't mess with the picasso you don't (laughs) exactly so i uh i didn't hear these as the albums like the way they were intended until like i was in college or something but but yeah anyway as i was saying stupid child it's a it's fucking so ugly it ended up winning me over, even though I thought it was like a. I thought it disrupted the, the pacing a little bit. It, it won me over, and then the the rest of the, the everything else is just fucking great. The title track is like, again, I love it. It's just like the most cinematic thing they've done at this point. You know what it is? What's that? It's Mother My Body Disgust Me. Is it same song? Holy shit, same song. I didn't notice it's that. The exact same song, except the difference. Uh, gu- guitar lines on top of it. All of a sudden, they turn into this ugly, creepy, weird song into this scary, dark, fucked up song. Both versions, fucking amazing. I do much prefer this version. Uh, I mean, if I had a pick, this is better. Far better. But um, the the main bass lines of Mother My Body Disgust Me, they pop in every now and then. Mm -hmm. You can still hear them underneath. Like It's still the same song, but the main attraction is the new guitar line, which really opens things up, and Jarbo's Jarbles. Jarbo's Jarbles. Vo- Jarbles. <laughs> Jarbles vocals are fucking perfect here. They're terrifying. It's a great goddamn song. It's top top tier. You know what else top tier? Heaven. Heaven. Top uh, tier. Dude. Dude. It's uh, just so fucked. It's just so fucked up. I, I feel like we almost turned into the valets from that Key and Pills. Dude, sketch. I was th- 
you're right. I, I was like, why does this feel familiar? It's RD right. squared. RD squared. <laughs> RD squared. Valley kills. Making movies, making movies, making movies, and they meet in the middle. We're just going to fucking start doing cartwheels. And that's why the best movie ever is kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Okay. Yeah, we're going to start doing cartwheels all over and shooting lightning out of our fingertips. That's a good show. Uh, oh, they got the medieval toboggans? Heaven is is sorrowful and scary, but I mean, I'm using the same fucking adjectives to describe all these songs because they are that. They all they all are the same fucking song, but, but they make diff- they're different. But they are different, and they make you feel Just different like ways. Every song, it's all the same song, but they're different. That's the end of the episode, dude. Like, we, we, that's the only way we could possibly describe this band. They're all the same fucking song. Uh, that's the summary. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! That's that's the opening clip for sure. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the yeah we were talking about the closer money is flesh which Dude. fucking rules and has this um, that recurring sample love that recurring sample fucking whatever the fuck it is sledgehammered all over the place god damn it's a great album I, I I thought it was rough at first when I first my, my first listen but no it's it's pretty fucking strong um but uno mas uno mas for Alex is best we have one left one left. And I'm just going to say out of the gate, I do prefer this next one over this one. Whoa, wait, what? Well, the, the, here's the oh. thing. Both albums were recorded at the same fucking yeah. time by the same people and released the same year. So people often lump them together. They have similar cover art, similar No, they're different. Themes, but they are different. They're the same, but they're different. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, they were both recorded by uh, Jorge Esteban, who says, um, it's very interesting. He says, when Swans first came to the studio... I set everything up as I would for any rock band, but the moment they started playing, I knew they were not a regular rock band. I started paying attention to the lyrics. I would ask Michael what it was about. Uh, Michael was a very enigmatic person, very charming, and I liked speaking with him. He was a storyteller. He would tell me tell me about how when he was young, he went to Europe to travel around. Travel around. Yep. That's what he did. <laughs> he traveled around Europe and made me start paying attention to the lyrics, which I usually never did. I just thought they had to sound good. He was talking about a subculture as much as he was talking about these political universal things. He was looking at a darker part of someone, the Mr. Hyde of consciousness. Uh, uh, I, I, it's just kind of a, a nice little thing, which is an interesting, it, it goes to show how nice Jira was when he took away the things he sung about and the way he treated his bandmates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I well, mean, the only time I saw them, he, he was at his merch booth and he was like the meeting everybody there and he seemed like the sweetest guy. Oh, yeah, I'm glad he's still... Has some also, humanity. I see he had a meeting with your favorite musician of all time. So the big <laughs> the reason why I brought this up for greed and then holy money we're going to talk about in a second <clears throat> is because of the production. And that's because of a Mr. John Cale. The greatest. John Cale of the Velvet Underground, who I find to be one of the most overrated bands ever. It's an unpopular opinion. I don't care. I don't like them. I don't have to like every band that you like. Okay. L- live with differences in people. It's, it's also, okay. I'm here and I think John Cale's fascinating john cale is a fascinating guy and he has a very interesting approach to to making records too i don't i don't discredit that i just hate the music <laughs> but they, they met with him because it was like a he was a potential candidate for, for of producer course he would. yeah uh so jira says we were about to record greed and holy money and a woman i knew set up a meeting for him to possibly produce swans we met at a bar and i remember being very intimidated we couldn't even approach the idea of him producing he was so expensive it was crazy but the thing i took away from our talk was that he listened to cop and raping a slave? See, he refers to it as raping a slave. Even oh, though there you go. Which yeah, is even even though, yeah. officially called Young God. Anyway, says, uh, and he commented on how low the voice was in the, in the mix. He said, "It's the voice that the kids want. 
You'll want to identify with the singer. That's one thing you've got to remember. From then on, the vocal has always been prominent. It's a true aphorism. I don't agree with that. What a fucking weird thing. I don't agree with that. What a, what a weird thing to take away from I don't those think, albums. I know. I know. Very odd. Like, I love I love the pounding cacophony and the drums. Look, and the, I think what bass. you're doing is great. Baby. Baby. It's great. The vocals can be loud. I'm, I'm more of the Steve Albini camp of uh, Barrett. Your, your hair is uh, oh, yeah. Ace Venturi. Uh, Thank you. Of course. Uh, it's getting hot in here. I'm adjusting... Real- Headphones. Very bad. Yeah, I'm from a Steve Albini camp. Bury those vocals, all right? If, the, if you don't need them to, to, to lead the song, you can go ahead and bury them. Instruments will do just fine. Uh, whatever, you know, different uh, strokes, different folks, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but here we are. Enough enough meandering, enough talking, enough buying a time while I find the song because now I'm doing this and I forgot how to do this. It's okay. It's okay. We're, we're managing. We're living. We're breathing. This is, uh, so this is also the same year as... They released four records this year. I just realized. That is... <laughs> Oh, do you think it's like recorded all at once? I believe they're all piled. I think they, they recorded all of them at once. Uh, so this is both the a Screw EP and Holy Money. And uh, are we talking about both of them? This came out 1986. Yeah. It's, uh, Holy Money. Holy Money. There we go. Very much a... Uh, dark and brooding as we've come to expect this one is like the best of like both worlds of what we've heard on greed yeah with the brutal stuff to me at least fuck yeah this is what it's what you hear when you arrive in hell yep yep these angelic pretty major key vocals with this death music behind it. Yes. Beelzebub doesn't have shit on this. I know. Also, that's not a real name. Uh, oh. <laughs> Nobody has that many E's and Z's. <laughs> so this song is about uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. Of course. Of course it is. Yep. Yep. This is one fucked up song, but it's it's fucking it, good. It is good. It's just morbid. It's so morbid. Like everything about it is just like this is evil. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I never say that about music because I don't believe like, art is evil, I, but I do. But it feels like this is not good <laughs> for people to listen to. Having said that, you're right. It's fucking rad. And I do like this album a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this because it has some repeats. That's the problem. That's yes. my problem with it. It, it has, uh, they re-recorded or redid a different version rather of Fool and Money is Flesh. Fool, I get. Yes. It's a different version. It's a different thing. Money is Flesh sounds identical. Am I missing something I, here? I didn't pick up on anything, so. So it's basically just Money is Flesh for no reason. I was and like, I like the song. I think it's a great song, but uh, why? Yeah, there's no reason for it. And then, yeah, I was like, if Mike doesn't notice the difference, then there's not a difference. I was questioning my fandom. I was like, am I missing something? But it's because the difference between the, this version of Fool is profound. And mm-hmm. by profound, I mean there's drums now. That's basically it. It has a really long... Uh, guitar driven intro and then 
it's now full, but with these booming ass drums, mm-hmm. booming drums. It is. I like both a lot. I can't, uh, you know, in good conscience, say one's better than the other. Maybe this one is better because it has more to it. Mm-hmm. But I still love the original. But back to the other songs. Uh, you you need, need me first. First, so lead vocals, lead vocals, Jerbo. First lead, and it's a minute and twenty seconds. It's not exactly a song, song. <clears throat> yeah, I was like, this is nice, but then later on, uh, so, I, th- I think like blackmail kind of undercuts it a little. Blackmail. Bit. So I'm sure the lyrics the, to blackmail are awful, but musically, it's the prettiest. Well, thing the. The final three tracks are the Screw EP. So oh, I think sorry, we, we, sorry, we, sorry. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm jumping around so, a little bit. And I think putting the that EP at the end of this record is so fucking not cool. Yeah. Because I think as you know, as the seven song album that this is is one of their best. Uh, so you get you need me, which on on Holy Money is the only song. Lead, you know, sung lead by Jerbo. It's a solo piano performance in her. In her, it's very pretty. It's like almost hopeful it's a thing yeah. that we've never heard from the band ever not once not once and it's very unusual and then after that you get the, this version of fool which is very much in the opposite direction uh loved it the first time love it the second time indeed and then uh and the rest is just what we know and love from this band it's not much different than it is very much like greed these mm. songs are just like like, like um the song uh, a screw holy money <clears throat> it's my least favorite of this record it's not it's not it's not bad it's not i don't i don't I, dislike it at all but i like it um because i like nine inch nails and yeah it's they've, more industrial they've done other industrial things but for some reason this song i thought about nine inch yeah. nails and i'm like how come i don't really hear swans talked about in the same breath as nine inch nails because i think they should and I think so, it's because it's so brief. I Googled it. And there's some others. I should have got the quotes, but mm-hmm. I didn't. And uh, in a 95 interview, Michael was interviewed about it. Uh-huh. And he heard like he's like, oh, yeah, these nine inch nail songs are exact. Well, not exact, but like our influence is very clear on. That. Yeah. And he's like, and Trent like never talks about us. But I think eventually oh interesting i think eventually he would like in passing be like yeah swans are great and then it's like never hope so like who who ah he always rubbed me the wrong way he always rubbed me the wrong way dude i mean i don't dislike his music i don't love nice but i don't dislike any of the albums i think there's some stuff i do like a lot but you gotta give it up dude yeah always give it up i was yeah i was i give it up for fucking thrice when i like some songs you gotta fucking give it up dude Especially a band like Swans, who a lot of bands owe a lot to. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, I was surprised like to find the answer to my question so like quickly. That's um, a, yeah, that's that's not common at all. Holy yeah, shit. it was on a Reddit thing from a '95. It's like the f- second thing on Google if you Google Swans Nine Inch Nails. That's pretty cool. That's interesting for people who want to look it up because I didn't write it down. Right, I should have. Uh, so you can really go one or the other for this and greed. I go this one because <clears throat> simple preference, simple, simple mm-hmm. preference, but also because some of my favorite songs from Swans ever are on this. And that is without a fucking doubt. No, hey, no conversation needed, buddy. Coward. 
which oh, is man. not only an amazing closer, but one of their best songs. And and the first song to ever make me cry live. Oh, damn. They played it when I saw them in 2013 or something, mm-hmm. where I got the shirt. And they were just playing stuff off of The Seer. Mm-hmm. They just come out and, and they're you know they're twenty minute songs and I'm like obviously I'm there for that and then they play coward and I was like I I didn't see it coming mm-hmm. all of a sudden I got hit with a rush of my childhood they they sounded fucking perfect they play like that's not a a very clean song there are some crazy sounds that you don't think are going to be recreated they recreated all of it yes it was a perfect Th- version of that it. era they have quite the live. Band. Arsenal, yeah. yes. Um, that song is fucking so brutal and perfect. It's great, and then yeah, it has uh, rhythms that make me think about Terminator. So uh, yeah, always. Anytime I get like a da 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 da, yeah, it does have it does have that to it. Oh man. Oh god, I, I, I'm just getting I'm getting all fucking in my head. Great fucking it, song. It's so good, so good. Uh, but other than that, I mean. It, it's fucking great. If it wasn't for the repeats, this would be like pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. Tough contender for best. I agree. Um, man, I have so much fondness for this shit because, again, when hearing it as a kid with all these songs mixed up, it's not the same. Uh, it's a good fucking album. But for the the Screw EP, that would be contender for worst. Uh, well, because there's really not much going on. It feels like it shouldn't even be canon, aside from blackmail. Blackmail's the only yeah, I'm glad it's packaged uh, like if I purchased a screw EP. Yeah. I might be a little upset. Yeah. Um, because it's uh it, it feels more like like a, one of those remix singles than anything. Cause it is the it's the song is a screw, holy money, but it sounds nothing like the version on Holy Money. Mm-hmm. Uh it's like a it's basically a different song entirely and it's i don't love it it's like industrial and funky <laughs> it's like an industrial funk it's brutal industrial funk and it just goes on too long i don't love it and then the second track on this on streaming it's the second track it's just the same song but with less vocals not no vocals yeah. just less vocals yeah uh and then then blackmail so on streaming they fucked it up on streaming they put uh, a screw, a screw with no vocals, and then blackmail. That is not the. It's supposed to be blackmail, uh, blackmail, blackmail in the middle. Because mm. if you notice at the end of blackmail, it chops off immediately because it's supposed to cut. Oh, right, that's right. It's supposed to that's cut right, right yeah. into the beginning of the the next version. Yeah. So blackmail is a, is another solo gerbo piece with piano. And it's so pretty. Very like pretty. Said, I'm sure the music or lyrics are awful because it's called fucking blackmail. Uh, There's no way they're pretty vague. Okay, yeah, they're pretty that's vague. Good. That's good. I'm sure they're bad though. But uh it's long. It's like five minutes, right? Or four or five minutes. Um, it's a great song. Though. I like it. I've I always loved it at growing. It was one of my favorites. Um I have a lot of fondness for that song. Uh no structure though. It's just one piano riff over and over again, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, we fucking did it. We fucking did it. We f- fuck part one. Three hours later. Dude, is obviously it's gonna be a these are gonna be long episodes, but there's so much to say, and there's so much of of, of of Tom's notes that I didn't get to because it's just too much to talk about. But this is a band worth really diving into if you can stomach it. <laughs> it's not, not for the faint of heart, of course, but ah, uh, and yeah, I, I think because their career is so crazy, maybe you don't like this stuff. But I promise, part two, part three, yeah, totally different. The 
yeah, there's not, there's not even, not even an ounce of, of, uh, questioning that. Like if, yeah, you can, you'll, you'll hate this probably, but next episode, there's gonna be a lot of stuff you're going to like. Cause this stuff wasn't why I got into Swan. Yeah. I stayed for it, yeah. but it wasn't what got me into that. <laughs> it's what got me in. Yeah. <laughs> I have such fucking like weird early childhood memories, not early childhood, but like, you know, uh, you know, early teens or, you know, preteen age. Like my most vivid recollections of hearing filth for the first time uh, aligns up exactly with seeing Revenge of the Sith in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the same time. Jesus in Christ. In 05 or so. And also, uh, uh, that I told the story on our Husky Do episode a long time when I got my face busted open in a fight and I had to go to the hospital. Husker Do. Husker Do. Uh, Husky Do. And uh, on the way to the hospital, when I was going through with one of the worst moments of my entire life, I was bumping body to body, job to job on headphones uh, as my face was just, <laughs> like, yeah, like, like this, I mean, this, this band had a very close attachment to my. Let me tell yeah. you, if me and Mike met when we were younger, might not be friends. Oh, no. Definitely not. No. no, I was a troubled boy. I was no. a troubled boy. I was very, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of things happen, you know, but you know, much like Jira, you grow and you expand. You're still nice. You're still nice and pleasant company. You know, you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks for so much for listening and watching and hanging out with us. I hope you're a fan of swans. Otherwise, you're fucking psycho for staying this long. Uh, and if you enjoy this, stick around longer. Let's do a little recap. Um, For me, best is greed. I I like the diversity in it. I like piano stuff. I like pretty stuff on it. Um, worst, least favorite. Body to body, job to job. Live tracks, repeats. It's long. I, yeah, I get it. You're crazy. Yeah, and then my personal favorite is the Young God EP. I It's this short, sweet. You could make an argument that it's more brutal than Cop, but I think because it's shorter... It goes down easier. Fair enough. For me, best is filth. It is the brutal insanity of the early stuff combined with the not, I mean, kind of not that common for them. The no wave stuff, the herky jerky, rhythmic, jazzy stuff. Uh, it's a wild record. It's a great introduction to this era uh, and it holds up and I can't stop listening to it. Young God, worst least favorite, just simply because it has the most that bores me in the, and it's, Honestly, it's exhausting. It's so fucking exhausting, and it pummels you into the ground. This man's exhausted by a four-song EP. I know. And, and my favorite, personal favorite, is Body to Body, Job to Job, the 65-minute onslaught. <laughs> I just realized our my favorite is your worst, your, your, yeah. fa your favorite is my worst. Yeah. Uh, body to Body, Job to Job, it has the most well-rounded example of their absolute craziest era uh it's not perfect it's too long it has a lot of shit that could have been cut but the stuff the stuff that hits is perfect it is perfect oh, oh boy yeah all right okay we made it oh my god uh thank you so much for listening and watching if you want to help us out like the video if you like it subscribe if you want to stick around longer talk shit in the comments if you hate us or if you like us don't really care it's all good either way Leave your picks for best awards for this era if you want to play along with us. It's always fun to find new Swans fans. Actually, we need Swans fans. We want we we like you more. We prefer you hang out with us. We don't like lay people so much. They're unbearable. More psycho music nerds. More, please. Uh, if you want a full ass 
Spotify playlist on this era of swans. You can find a link to that in the description as well as links to all our playlists. We can find those at everyalbumever.com. Oh man, you can tell my voice is like just barely hanging on. Done. Done. Patreon.com slash every album ever. If you want to help us out, join the cause, keep us eating and all that. Get bonus episodes, early access to the loose ends episodes, 20% off all merch. You get to see our schedules in advance. You get to vote on polls to decide who we cover next. If uh, you got to join the fucking discord, if you want to suggest any album released this year, this year for us, I said this year, this year for us to cover on our uh, off episodes, whenever we don't do a full discography, we'll be covering a brand new uh, brand new album from this year. Suggest that to us. We'll fucking we might get to it. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, it's fun stuff. Do that. And if you're tier two, you get to suggest the big ass episodes for us. They're hard and they're 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 exhausting, but we fucking get them done. And if you want to be a part of that, join the Patreon tier two. Hell yes, thank you. Uh, you can follow me on all social media at Panda Monkey. You can follow Alex on Instagram at Mother Puncture. And our history guy, Tom Osman, who is a psycho just like us. Please follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Tom Osman Sounds, as well as his Substack, uh, tomosman.substack.com, where he writes about music. In addition to his debut, so um, so much for all day's work, which you can find everywhere, as well as all the links in the description. Okay. Okay. Now, I am at a huge crossroads that I didn't think I was going to be in. I thought I had it set, which song mm. I wanted. And now it's between two. And as much, I think I've decided. Okay. As much as Seal It Over is a perfect song mm-hmm. and a true representation of the horror of, of Swans. Like, it's the perfect example of the horror of Swans. Everyone, listen to Seal It Over. Please, I'm begging you. For me, listen to Seal It Over. But I have to go coward. Hell I have to go coward. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya. I'm a coward. Put your knife in me.
Show.